everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 72. Today we're talking about the infamous case of Casey Anthony. And well, really the case of Kaylee Anthony, but the trial of Casey Anthony. Yeah, it's such a twisted and just crazy case. I mean, there's so much with it, so... It's mm-hmm. going to be a good one. Yeah. And it's one that I have wanted to talk about for a really long time on the podcast because I have done a video about it. It's I have just followed this one forever. Mm-hmm. It is definitely what got me into true crime. It Both of us got really into true crime because this case, because we followed the trial when it was actually happening. Yeah. Um, and we were in Florida at the time, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in Orlando, yep. where it takes place. So. Yeah. So we were super into it at the time and just like following the nightly news and totally immersed in it. It was kind of our first exposure to true crime and really gave us that like passion for it, I think. So um, even though I've done videos on it, we want to do a podcast because there's so there's much so more, much. so, fucking <laughs> so much. much more. And we just found even more like the last couple of days doing research that has literally turned all my ideas of this case like on its head like i am so yeah i'm in a very weird place about this case i've always thought for sure i knew exactly what happened or kind of had an idea but yeah. now i don't know there's yeah. a lot more out there you guys that we haven't even gone over yet yeah there's there's so much to dig into so uh yeah get ready for a long one today <laughs> yeah, yeah it is it's uh, gonna be yeah. interesting but there was two things we wanted to briefly talk about one was that our first live show is coming up yes um in a week from now in Austin, Texas, at the RTX convention. So if you are coming, we'll see you there. Yeah, hopefully we see some of you guys there. We're really excited to meet people. Yeah, it'll be kind of our first like meetup together and stuff where, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get to meet some of you guys and just, yeah, do the whole live experience and see if we like that because down the road we might go on tour and, you know, come mm-hmm. to many more cities. We really want to. That's the plan eventually. Because, yeah, we want to like, we always see you guys want to sit down and talk to us about all this crazy stuff we talk about. And yeah, it'd be so interesting to meet, you know, more people. That just are get an idea of who's listening. It's, it's always yeah. nice yeah. to meet people because it just gives you a face to have in your, in your head when you are recording. Totally. Totally. You know? Cause right here, it's just us. Actually today it's not just us, which brings us to our second topic. Um, we have a new mile higher podcast assistant <laughs> who you guys will now be occasionally seeing pop in and out. Um, my cousin Janelle, some of you guys may know her already from just YouTube. If you're watching, she's kind of in the corner of the screen here. You might see her hand or something. Um, she's been in vlogs. She's been in so many videos with me because, yeah, you've been in videos on my channel since like 2013. So yeah, pretty much since I've been doing it, she's been doing it with me. And um, she is here to kind of take notes for us. And she's going to help pull up clips and make sure we're more organized that Josh doesn't have to stop during the episode and like pull something up. She's going to be kind of like our DJ, <laughs> DJ. like the podcast DJ. Um, but she's also going to kind of chime in every now and then once we eventually get her a mic, she doesn't have a mic right now. <laughs> she like wants to talk, but she can't. So, <laughs> but she's very well versed on this kind of stuff. And I feel like she's got good insight. So eventually well, yeah, I mean, she, you're going to see her as a little part of the show. Yeah. And I mean, the whole point too, is to help us like be more efficient and, you know, get yeah. stuff out you know more timely and things like that because mm-hmm. the show's just growing so quickly and i just want to briefly say thank you to everybody that's been a supporter leaving yes. reviews for us like seriously guys we really really appreciate it we never knew it would be no as big as it is and there'd we be so many really people interested in what we talk about and stuff like yeah at, at the beginning we're like we might just come across as like completely crazy yeah or are something. we gonna look yeah. like tin hat freaks yeah. in a basement yeah. that's kind of what i thought but i was a little freaked out yeah i was too and and 
really didn't know what to expect. Like just it could have flopped. It could just be like, yeah. you know, a few people. But I kind of thought it was going to flop. I was really nervous. I didn't know how a podcast would be. I mean, who knows right. how you're going to be on a podcast versus a YouTube channel? Because YouTube is a whole different ball games, folks. Like I'm sure you guys notice I'm somewhat even different. It, it's a whole different vibe it here is. because there's no editing. You know, it's way more uncut. There's it's not planned out as much. Um, so I didn't know if it would go well, but it's, I've been amazed at how well this podcast is done and just how fun it is for us to make these episodes and then see the feedback from you guys each week. It's like, we love it's posting awesome. the episode. Yeah. I'm always like, Josh, have you posted yet? Josh, have you posted yet? Cause it's always, we always, we've been having tons of technical issues that have slowed it down each week, but yeah. And we're moving too. So everything yeah, is kind of moved around. <laughs> like it's kind of janky over here. The setup's a bit janky at the moment. But so. we really do love seeing all your comments come in and we really appreciate all the support. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. We got some very interesting news topics for this week. Um, both of them have to do with space. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to talk about is... Love space. Yes, I do love space. But the first topic I wanted to talk about is scientists have traced a cosmic radio burst to a specific galaxy 3.6 billion light years away. Now, this is not like anything new. We have heard like seen these fast radio bursts, which if you don't know what that is, a fast radio burst is a transient radio pulse of length ranging from a fraction of a millisecond to a few milliseconds caused by some high energy astrophysical process not yet identified. Mm. So these fast radio bursts, we have no idea what they are, what's causing them. They're coming from so far away. And yet, and we're able to capture it. That's what's so cool about it is it's literally coming billions of light years away. And yet we're still able to capture these radio bursts. And the thing that was special about this one is that we saw it after only it happening one time. Like usually it's a repeating thing, Mm -hmm. but it was literally one burst and that was it. And we were able to capture it and pinpoint the location of the galaxy. That is billions so of light years away. Wild. And so can these types of radio bursts happen just in nature? Like, is it possible that we're just picking up a natural sound or does it have to have been put out by another by beam? like an artificial thing? Yeah. So that's where the debate is, because there's nobody knows what it is. So, you know, a lot of astrophysicists and scientists are like, you know, it's either like stars exploding. Some it has to be something that can create this mass, mass amount of energy all at once in order to be seen billions of light years away right like that's it's got to be super crazy amount of energy being put off in order to create these types of like signals so it could be so it could be natural Hmm. a lot of people think most likely it's natural but some other people are like could it be you know some type of alien civilization either trying to communicate with hey you know sending pings out into the universe yeah. being like, is there anybody out there just seeing if it's received. or communicating with something or, you know, some people think it's like some type of structure. Like we've talked about Dyson spheres before, like mm. structures built around stars um, mm. that are kind of theoretical, but are possible in order to harness its energy and stuff. But a lot of people think it could have to do with black holes collapsing, could have to do with uh, like stars exploding and all kinds of crazy stuff, but we don't know what it is. And you know, we keep seeing them like we just keep seeing from different parts in the universe, like coming right at us seemingly. And we're able to pinpoint where it's coming from, but we don't know why. The big question is why. So hmm. who's sending these signals? It's really interesting to think or about what is it like the fact that it really could be aliens putting out a signal looking for us. I mean, that's obviously the most juicy possibility. here. Yeah. 
that's but really it's, interesting. It's a possibility. I Definitely. mean, we don't know. So yeah, why couldn't it be aliens and why couldn't it be? I wonder what they're trying to say. Well, you know, we sent radio signals out into space, you know, yeah. way back when. And the 70s. we heard back. Yeah, so, we did. You know, and for all we know. If you don't know, look up the Carl Sagan message if you don't know. The Arcebo know. message is Arcebo what's called. message. Yeah. But for all we know, these signals could be being interpreted by some top secret entity or government or possibly extraterrestrials that are on the planet right now. And they could be like sending messages to home worlds, things like that. And just, you know, NASA and all these scientists are just out of the loop and they don't know that there's actually communication going on right now. And it's just kind of a top secret type thing. Hmm. And they just don't know. And yet there's a secret, either the government or military or something that is reading these signals and picking up information from them. That is so cool. It's it's just another possibility. Hey, I mean, we could sit around here all day and talk about the possibilities with this, but yeah i don't know it's really interesting and it it keeps happening so i don't know maybe we'll figure out what the hell's going on because why are these (laughs) signals coming from deep space and why can we see them what's causing them wouldn't it be wild if we were able to pick up a signal that actually had a message in it that we could interpret and understand now that would be interesting and that's the thing is they try to analyze the signals and (laughs) so try to figure out like what the hell is there a code or a pattern or something like that some type of communication in there because why else are is it being sent out this far like why is it being sent towards us seemingly too yeah like why is it coming so so close to our yeah from billions of of light years away what's the chances that the signal comes close enough to planet earth where there happens to be humans yeah and we're like oh shit what is this coming from some other fucking galaxy i don't know man it's really really just (laughs) mind-blowing i love seeing more and more stuff like this though in the news Seems to be happening more and more frequently. Yeah. No, I, I think actually this story was on the mainstream news too. I think it was. It was I saw it this past week. I'm pretty sure I saw this on CNN. I think I did because I'm pretty sure I messaged it to you or I think to my dad. Maybe I messaged it to somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that is very interesting. And the next thing that we wanted to bring up is this is just... <laughs> This kind of hurts your brain when you think about it. But AI essentially um, has now been able to create a universe simulation that was far more complex and accurate than we even expected it to be. Like the example they give is that they they basically task AI. So machine learning is what AI is, right? And you give it information and then it processes that information and outputs something, you know, something new. Mm-hmm. And what it did is it outputted not only what we expected it to find, but then it also outputted all of this extra stuff that we are like baffled as to how it already figured that, you know, how it figured it out all of this extra stuff. We like thought it was like they said, if you were to tell it, you know, lines and bears and it out, you expect it to output lines and bears, but then it somehow figure out that there's elephants and all this other shit. Then yeah. how did it know about elephants with just lines the lines and bears. and bears being input into it? How is the machine learning working to where, it can already figure out that there's more than just that. Yeah. And that's really what it did. And it did it in such a short amount of time. It's, it's truly just mind boggling. Usually it's like slow, like a slow process to build out an entire universe simulator. Mm -hmm. Like, let me see. Um, so it created this thing is called D three M the deep density displacement model. And the goal was to teach this model, how the way that gravity shapes the universe to that end, they started by feeding the system 8,000 different gravity-focused simulations created by a highly accurate existing universe simulator. 
The system needed 300 computation hours to create just one of its simulations, but after training on the data, this AI was able to produce its own simulations of a cube universe 600 million light years across in just 30 milliseconds. These simulations were more accurate than those of the existing fast systems, which need a couple of minutes to create a simulation. Wow. That's honestly insane. (laughs) For example, like it was able to create um, dark matter in the universe and accurately accurately simulate the uh, universe's evolution. Oh, my gosh. So they're actually learning more about our existing physical universe from from this AI. AI simulator. Wow. So that really shows us that there really is like a deeper meaning or like a code or like a... I don't even know how to explain what I'm trying to it say. It makes you think about the simulation theory a lot. Like mm. that's yeah, what that I thought too. of too. Like if it's able to create a 3d realistic model of the entire universe in 30 milliseconds, what could it be capable of creating over like years and years of time? Oh, that's machine really learning crazy. could literally create an entire reality that is indifferent from ours. Like it'd well, be no different from ours. If this really is a simulation, does that mean global warming isn't real and we like can chill on that? It could be. It could mean a lot. I mean, the implications would be Does a lot mean of nothing things. Nothing matters at all, actually. It could just mean that the slate gets wiped clean. See, I just while. can't think that way. Like, that's such an interesting theory, but that just ruins my life. Well, to it ruins think most that people's belief systems and fucking yeah. morals. Everything is. Well, not even just your belief systems, but it just like, it's like, am I real? Am I, do, am my thoughts, even my yeah, own? Br- yeah. Is this, is any of this real? It's the weirdest thing to think about. Honestly, it's it's kind of scary. And that's why I don't like it. Honestly, I'm it's scary about thinking it. about life being artificial. Yeah. I think I think for us to sit here and like, especially for those that believe there's so much deeper yes. meaning to the universe. And, and I like, think that's really what it is. You know, too. like obviously That'd somebody who doesn't believe that there's anything after mm-hmm. after life might be like, oh, this simulation theory makes more sense. But if you believe that there's something more to life or, you know, any sort of philosophical religious idea you're going to be like there's no way that the simulation could be real because that would just completely discount yeah you know, all of our beliefs pretty much yeah as to what happens after you die if it's just like boom, you get powered off and then you're done like yeah or maybe not or maybe there's something more maybe it's like intertwined spirituality mixed into the simulation theory and like god is actually our programmer and yet we're somehow like it's some weird thing like that well i really matrix shit or something do you think that whatever it is, humans aren't meant to understand it or be able to explain it yeah. with words anyway. I think life is really, really complicated, whether that's through a game, freaking artificial world, or something deeper than that. But it's it could be a mix, crazy. like you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's so strange to think about. It could be more artificial than we think, because why do we even have materialistic things at all in the first place? Why isn't, if this is such a natural world, why aren't we such natural individuals and natural beings you know why do we need so many material things in order to survive yeah that's true i mean we don't need a lot of things to survive we want a lot of things but why do we have that want and desire like what what is that you know what's driving that those thoughts of like i need to acquire more material things and i need to get things is that just like a product of our society i'm getting way too deep right now yeah i'm saying if you want to go there for intro topics that's probably Thanks to our financial system and our episode yeah. from last week True. about the banking system and how we've been set up how with this whole illusion. Obviously, right. we I mean, we are constantly given advertising and you should be wanting better things and better cars and better this and that. 
obviously you're going to want more material right. We've things. We've been programmed by because that's system, what we think. Yeah. What's in, that's what we think is important in life. Right. Yeah. And that's, I don't know if that's like part of our programming. You know. But is that did that programming happen way beyond that? Because if you look back at history, what were people always trying to do? Yeah, maybe take we were land, programmed like that. Take from the resources. Beginning take from yeah. others and well we hoard. do have that natural instinct that's i mean there's so much of it is just instinct like animals do the same thing they'll hoard food they'll keep you know everyone wants to keep as much as they can for themselves because you want to survive that's like the natural so is it like a natural instinct like survival the fittest type thing maybe and then maybe natural the greed selection. just has gotten out of control by the society because obviously some like people corrupted. just go crazy with yeah it. i i think i think that's probably right i think we've been you know corrupted and put on this new path of destruction you know <laughs> wow intro topics taking a dark turn again no we should but literally call this dark news here you know i don't want to end on a dark note so i'm going to end with a light note the okay, good, good the good news about this fucking ai being able to create the universe is that it is very possible that ai may save us from our own destruction i really i really Let's think that hope so i think if we are smart about it and if collectively as a society people are aware of what ai can do and we're you know, try to be as involved with it as we can. I think we can really shape what AI could do and it really could fix the entire planet. Like if you think about it, AI is clearly way smarter than we'll ever be. And we start feeding it some problems and some data like on the ocean and the environment and things like that. Why isn't there an AI? Why don't they have fucking Watson working on climate change? Like trying to figure out exactly what needs to happen in order to fucking because they'd come back with like, here's what you need to do. Dipshits. Yeah. Well, first of all, you need to like eliminate like half the population. The population is like the biggest issue. Well, it's sort of an issue. That's probably what it's going to come back with is like there's way too many It's going to be more of it. Population is going to be more of an issue if the planet continues to get warmer and, you know, things start happening. Back on a dark note. God damn it. I'm trying to stay positive here. (laughs) We are going to save the planet. We're going to save the human species. AI is going to become part of our societies may maybe become really part will. of us and maybe that's the way we're supposed to live maybe that's part of the yeah. simulation is we're supposed to merge with the technology we're going to have the microchips we're going to be like cyborgs basically some people are sitting there like <laughs> uh. <laughs> and maybe maybe we'll really turn shit around though i think there's a great possibility that before shit gets really bad ai is going to really turn shit around either that or aliens are coming soon i mean and that's our our biggest help our we need help though like because the idea that humans are going to save our asses at the end of the day is just like looking so bleak. That is just not going to happen. No, and, and with humans the aren't going to do it. No. And the power structures that are in place right now will not allow exactly. us humans. If you rise up and you're like, ah, blah, blah, you need to start yeah. protesting and stuff. They shut your ass down. They lock you up. Yep. They fucking tear gas you. So, you know, they're going to, they're going to constantly keep the people down until something greater than mm-hmm. the forces, you know, in power comes yeah. along and is either going to be a revolution <laughs> ai or aliens boom there you go that's the future there's the three your future scenarios. guys Pick Alien, your poison. aliens ai or revolution oh my god either Welcome way to it's the gonna, mile higher podcast <laughs> either way it's going to be a crazy fucking ride yeah definitely that we're all going to be on but all right you know at least we'll be on it together yeah hopefully <laughs> there's your good note <laughs> yeah as long as i have you we'll be good all right, so let's go ahead and get into uh, Casey Anthony and this fucking crazy trial. Um, but before we do, we'd like to thank our first sponsors for today. All right, let's jump into the Casey Anthony case. This case is going to be just absolutely crazy. There's so many twists and turns to it. And yeah, just buckle up because this is nuts. But so first things we want to talk about is Casey Anthony herself. Um, she's the mother and kind of the main suspect in this case. 
And in order to understand her and understand her behavior, which is very bizarre, um, I think it's important, always important to kind of go look at the childhood a little bit and look at the family. So you kind of have an understanding more of who she is as a human and, you know, some of the traits that she has. So which is so hard to like really get an idea of what their family life was truly like. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you can only know so much about a family, so it's kind of hard to judge. And and with all our cases, when we look at their childhood, we always only have like a few details. Yeah, and I mean, we're going based upon like what other mm-hmm. investigators and reporters have usually right. written about it or heard directly right. from them. None of us have ever lived with the Anthony family, so we don't yeah. know for sure. Um, you know what actually happened. So Casey Anthony. Um, she was born in March 19, 1986 in Warren, Ohio, and she was one of two children to Cindy and George Anthony, who are big um, players in this case as well. And George actually worked in law enforcement at one point, which is interesting. But Casey as a kid was a bright, personal young girl with friends and what many thought was an ordinary American family. That's that's a I think that's a good way to just kind of describe them, right? It's yeah. like kind of an all American type family, mm-hmm. whatever that means. But um pretty average yeah but what's interesting is that friends say that there was a pattern of lying with casey which began all the way back in high school um cindy and george attended casey's graduation along with casey's grandparents only to discover that she was several credits short of graduating casey had stopped attending classes toward the end of the school year but led her family to believe she would walk with the graduating class hmm And when she was 19, Casey gave her family yet another shock. She had put on weight and her parents suspected she was pregnant. Casey denied it, claiming she was a virgin. (laughs) Months into her pregnancy, she told her parents the truth and the identity of the baby's father, however, remained a mystery. Which is so crazy. It's still a secret. No one knows who Kaylee's father is. Yeah, and she's never actually like told anybody. I don't think like who Mm -hmm. exactly it is. I mean, she's kind of pointed to different men, including her fiance, Jesse Grund, as well as a young man she had dated previously who had died in a car crash. Yep. So and yeah. notice how she'll wait until she really can't hide her pregnancy anymore to be honest yeah. about it. Like yeah. she always lies until she can't lie anymore. Pushes until it, it's pushes like, it, pushes there's it. just something that where she's not able to lie about it anymore. She literally like backs herself into a corner. Mm-hmm. And then once she's in that corner and there's no escape, she'll be like, Oh, you know, actually I, I lied. Yeah. And she has this habit of doing it. And that's what we see throughout her childhood and into her adult life is just this pathological lying and no shame when she does lie. It's it's really crazy. But her daughter, Kaylee Anthony, was born on August 9th, 2005. And a friend of Casey said that she had discussed giving the baby up for adoption, but was discouraged by her mother. For the next few years, Casey and Kaylee live with her parents and her Jesse Grund, her fiance, acted as the baby's father. Jesse even believed Kaylee might be his baby, despite knowing that the timing of her conception mm-hmm. made it improbable. Yeah. A DNA test would later find he that really Jesse Grund was not yeah. her father. He wasn't, but he loved Kaylee. Yeah, he did. I think he really saw her as like his kid. Yeah. Which I get. But yeah, the actual identity of Kaylee's father is unknown. Mm-hmm. So then from 2005 couple years go by and it kind of the story of this whole craziness starts in 2008 um it starts in june two or june 9 2008 casey anthony and her daughter kaylee move out of casey's parents cindy and george anthony's home and in with her ex-boyfriend ricardo morales and her friend amy huzinga so this is the summer of 
essentially Kaylee's disappearance. Um, and so these are the events and days leading up to the actual um, disappearance. So everything is seemingly normal. Uh, in June, Kaylee's videotaped visiting an assisted living facility with her grandmother, Cindy Anthony, that morning, who is visiting her father. Cindy swims with Kaylee in the Anthony's pool later that day, afterwards removing the ladder and closing the gate. You want to talk about the uh, pool and like kind of their situation in Florida and stuff? Yeah, I mean, tons of people in Florida have pools, obviously, so it wasn't like really uncommon or anything, but... Um, obviously when you have a pool and you have a kid that's wandering around the yard, you always make sure to get rid of the ladder so that they can't like just jump in in and and drown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially if they can't swim. And she, from what I understand, she really loved swimming too. She loved the pool. She was always in it. And Mm -hmm. so they were really good about like using the ladder and then putting it away because they knew she was there all the time and loved to get in the pool. Family rule. So it was always, you know, a priority to make sure that that wasn't. Uh, in the pool to where she could get into it. So then we get to June 16th, 2008. This is the last day that Kaylee is seen alive at the Anthony family residence. And this is when things start getting crazy. So Casey claims to have seen Kaylee for the last time on this day. And she said she dropped the little girl off at a babysitter's home. And when she returned to pick her up, neither Casey nor the babysitter were there. This is her original story as to what happened. The following day, George and Cindy Anthony notice that the gate to the swimming pool is open and the ladder is next to the pool, which is interesting. And then in the ensuing days after Kaylee goes missing, Casey starts displaying some really, truly bizarre behavior. Um, Which I don't know how common. It's hard to say because we have like different versions of how she kind of was. Like there's different reports of how Casey truly was. Um, Some people describe her as like a party girl. Some people described her as not so much, but she definitely had a lot of partying in this particular time period. Yes. She was photographed at um, Fusion Nightclub participating in a hot body contest. And there's, yeah, there's numerous pictures and these pictures were later released to the media who went crazy with it, which we'll talk about in a minute. Nancy Um, Grace would put that picture up and call her tot mom. She called her tot mom. The entire trial drove me insane. Tot mom, tot mom, yeah, tot she mom. Did. She always comes up with these like nicknames for, She's like, for tot people. mom, Casey Anthony. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just drove me insane. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's so odd. Like she, she was just, it seems like this particular time she was really, really going hard. Like there's not all these pictures of her, before this yeah you know there's not as much but this particular time june she was really having a good june this was her yeah she was she was living it up for sure and and, but it's interesting because her daughter is missing and yet she's out here clubbing and you know having a good time like what shouldn't she be looking for her daughter if her daughter is in fact missing with this nanny with this nanny or this babysitter or whatever Mm -hmm. so you know, suspicions are kind of starting to be raised a little bit. They're like, why is she, you know, why is she not more concerned and yeah, things like that? Just to correct, I think in the notes it just said um, earlier, Josh said that neither Casey or the babysitter were there. Kaylee wasn't there, not Casey. Oh, did I say Casey? Yeah, it's in the notes as Casey too. So it might just, we might have just typed it in wrong. But um, yes, Kaylee was gone. The babysitter was gone and Kaylee was gone too. Yeah. 
So then fast forward 10 days later and the family car that Casey Anthony often used was found abandoned in front of an Orlando, Florida cash advance business and towed away. And when the towing company called Casey's parents, Cindy and George Anthony became concerned clearly like why the hell is our car abandoned and get Mm -hmm. towed? Like what's what happened? And Casey reportedly had told her mother that she was planning to go on a mini vacation to Jacksonville, Florida. And her mom later discovered that her daughter had been just staying with her boyfriend during the, this time uh, that because they had moved out and she mm-hmm. was just chilling basically. Yep. And this car just randomly abandoned uh, in the parking lot. And then in the beginning of July, her behavior gets even more interesting. She actually gets a tattoo on her back that says Bella Vita, which means beautiful life in Italian, which you want to talk about kind of what, theories people are starting to kind of form in their head as far as like well yeah i mean people are obviously starting to think maybe this kid is missing because casey got rid of her like maybe she didn't want to be a mom anymore right um and it's so interesting why would you get bella vita god your kid's missing that seems so weird um but you know people will say you show grief in different ways maybe she was dealing with something maybe she really thought she was missing or maybe something else had happened. This is hard because there's like other versions of this. There's multiple versions of what could have happened. So talking about this in past tense is really difficult without, yeah, yeah it's true. it just doesn't make sense. I'm trying to like explain things, but without giving everything. Away. No, I know. I know. Yeah. It's hard to kind of go step by step through this because mm-hmm. everything connects and everything comes back yeah. to each other. And the theories all inter are interwoven with each other. We're almost to the point so, where it just blows up, but yeah. Yeah. So we're just kind of going through the timeline. Cause this case is so huge that you have to kind of take it step by step in order to not miss anything. And there's mm-hmm. just so much, so many twists and turns that happen. Mm-hmm. But on July 15, 2008, George and Cindy Anthony pick up Casey's car from the impound yard and George observes a strong odor emanating from the vehicle. An inspection of the car trunk reveals a plastic bag containing trash. Distressed because Casey has not brought Kaylee home in a month, Cindy tracks down and meets with her friend Amy, who takes Cindy to the apartment where Casey is staying and makes Casey come home. Casey then tells her parents that she hasn't seen Kaylee in a month and that a babysitter named Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez, or as Casey called her, Zanny, may have kidnapped her. So at this point, it seems that Casey has lost her daughter or done something else with her daughter, but doesn't say anything to her parents until she absolutely has to. So here's another example of her lying until she has no other right. choice, but to tell until the truth. Her parents are like, where the fuck is our yeah, granddaughter? Exactly. Dude? Like, like you showed up at the house. She's not here. Like, where is she? And she's not giving any good real, like she'd always have excuses for her mom. Like she's napping or she's with a friend or there was always some reason yeah. that she wasn't able to talk on the phone. Like, cause they had asked before over this 30 day period where she was. Um, but then, yeah, when she came home with her and she wasn't there, I mean, where else would she be? Mm-hmm. So she had to tell her. And that's at that point, she's like, oh, yeah, she's with Zanny the nanny. And then, like she took her essentially tells her like all these days later that, oh, yeah, she took her. I've been mm-hmm. looking for her. Mm-hmm. And her mom's like, but you haven't called the police. Yeah. Or haven't told us. Or, like, yeah, yeah, it's so weird. And then you look at her behavior and obviously you're going to instantly think. There has to have she been a murder here. With, she did something with her child. Yeah, like this just happened. looks like a textbook, you know, mm-hmm. girl has 
her baby too young, doesn't even want her baby, wanted to have an abortion or to adopt, I think. Mm -hmm. Her mom blocks her from doing that. So now it's really starting to look like, okay, she didn't want this kid in the first place. She wanted this free lifestyle. And then she gets this tattoo that says beautiful life after her daughter's gone. Right. It's really starting to look bad. It's starting to look like, okay, she wanted to live her beautiful single life. Especially when people start figuring out the timeline and they're like, oh, guess Mm -hmm. what she's been up to? She's just been partying and Mm -hmm. hanging, you know. Acting seemingly like nothing is wrong, you know, right. not like a normal person would react to their missing child or child being kidnapped, especially. Yeah. And basically what she told law enforcement is like, I I wanted to deal with it on my own. I didn't want to like yeah. stress my parents yeah. out. Yeah. I didn't want to like have to get everyone else involved. I wanted to see if I could take care of it myself. So I've been secretly looking for her on yeah. my own. So and, obviously people are like, okay. Yeah. And her mom is like, seconds. what the hell? Yeah. We need to call the police right now. And so she, she actually makes three different 911 calls. And we're going to play some of the third one because it's the one that's got the most impact to it, I think. Yeah. Um, the first one, she says, though, you know, I need my daughter. I need my daughter to be arrested, essentially, um, in the first 911 call. And then this, she calls back again because they're trying. She's trying to see where the deputy de- deputy is. And, and uh, then the third one, though, she's like very frantic and is starting to freak out about the idea of Kaylee being kidnapped or something yeah. happening to her. And it's yeah. really just eye opening. So we'll go ahead and play that for you guys because it's this call is very telling. It is. Okay, what is, what is the address that you're calling from? 
So that's just like, it's such an eye-opening call. And like, if you're watching this um, on YouTube, you can see how just distressed Cindy looks like oh, when they they have to replay this during the trial and she has to hear man, this over and she just looks torn her. apart, man. Like, yeah, which I totally understand. And I mean, I don't know, like her mom's reaction seems so much m- like more normal and in line with this situation versus yeah. like Casey gets on the phone and she's just yeah, so like so calm almost and aggressive. Yeah, almost like 31 days. Like, oh, it's such a strange Acting response. like it's not a big deal that yeah. her daughter's been gone for 31 days. And yeah. she's just now telling the authorities, like, what the hell? Yeah, makes no sense. And not being forthcoming, not being like, oh, my God, my daughter's gone missing. Here's all this information mm-hmm. for you. Here's where she is. Just literally, like, answering the questions as she's being asked. Yeah. Too. She's not actively seeking mm-hmm. help from the dispatcher or anything like that. She almost seems inconvenience to get on the phone yeah. with them oh definitely that's how she came across yeah it's it's just crazy and i mean what's and then it just gets even wilder because literally like the next day police investigators are there they're starting to try to make sense of this whole situation story and pretty right off the bat they realize she's been lying about a number of different things including where her nanny lives as well and her nanny for that and her yeah. place of employment which you yeah. want to talk about that that's like just so it's crazy. So interesting. So she basically said that she worked at Universal, uh, Universal Studios, and um, she drove there with a detective, two detectives, yeah. and they went in there and she walked into the building and was acting like she, you know, was super used to it. She was literally like waving at people. Yeah, being like, hey, she was like saying, hey, like waving, and then they would like look at her all confused, like they've never seen her before. She kept going. She even went up to the front desk, talked to them. They watched her do that. And then she went, she went in. Didn't she even give them like a name? Like, oh, and then they couldn't find it. So she's like, I'll just find my own way back. Pretty much. Yeah. Like the, cause there's a security. You can't just walk into like the offices at Universal Studios and walk around. Yeah. And they somehow let her in there. Yeah. Well, I think the detectives that were there kind of like tipped the guy off. Like, Hey, yeah, this 
like we're trying to figure something yeah, out maybe here. Like let her that. just go through a wool escort her, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then yeah. she went all the way to like the end of a hallway before where there was literally no more doors and then was like, uh, I don't work here actually. <laughs> and the deck so, taxes are like, yeah, no shit, bitch. Like, yeah, they're yeah. like, we, we know. Yeah. So, so let's go tell the truth. So that's when they brought her in to start talking mm-hmm. and they start questioning her about the nanny and stuff. And they realize the address that she gave for her nanny was an apartment which was vacant for 140 days. Yeah. She gave him just some fucking random, random address. address and they went there and it's just a vacant apartment. Mm-hmm. So they're starting to be like, hmm, is this nanny even real then? Like, yeah. what even is this? It sounds like such a like, I don't know, the name, the way she said it, like it was already like in her head, like Fernandez. The fact she yeah. said the middle name too, or the, you know, second Fernandez last name. Gonzalez. I know. Yeah. Fernandez Gonzalez. Like, which I think she did. I think she had the name already at that point. A lot of people think that she just randomly picked open a phone book and found that name because what you will find is that I don't know if the address connected. I don't think so because the person that she, that there is a real Sonata Fernandez Gonzalez, whatever. Right. There is yeah. a real person right. and it is her name. And Casey was probably got that out of the phone book is what they think. So she probably had this name all ready to go. She knew what she was going to say. I mean, she did have 31 days to think about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how she would have the name in her head so fast. Right. So, I mean, at this point she's already lying to police, which is a crime. Mm-hmm. You cannot lie to police like this. And Aren't her parents like, how come we've never met this nanny that you've apparently had for a year and a half? Yeah. I wonder what I would love to know what the conversation was after the 911 call yeah. with her mom like, or if, or if her mom hell? was even listening to what she was saying and that she yeah. was like, I had a nanny for a year and a half. Like, yeah, and, your, and her mom be like, I'm her nanny. What are you yeah, talking exactly. about? She lives with us. Like when mm-hmm. you need somebody to watch her, you it bring her over up. to our exactly. house. Yeah. Cause and you she used to lived live here. Them. Right. Yeah. So it makes no sense whatsoever. No. And I think detectives figured out pretty quick. So the following She's day, a very confident liar. She, she is. She, when she says something, she has so much confidence behind it that you almost like wonder if it's true. Mm-hmm. And that's but why I think it's also believable. Like the way that she delivers it too is kind of like, okay. Yeah. That's it what doesn't I'm seem saying. like she's it's, clearly lying. Yeah. No, that it's, it's so confident that you don't think it's a lie almost. Mm-hmm. It's wild. So the following day, she appears in court in which the judge actually denied bail, saying she showed a woeful disregard for the welfare of her child. And the policeman from the sheriff's office search her car and take several items of evidence, which we'll talk about more in a sec. And then this is when Casey Anthony hires Jose Baez, the legal attorney. Um almost the infamous legal attorneys oh still practicing yeah. law and stuff he's done uh what did he do just recently yes we did see him on something recently uh hey assistant look it yeah. up <laughs> see this is why we have her here now Isn't he nice? he did another uh who hired him somebody famous hired she's him. gonna look it up jose bias just recently worked with someone else i remember so she hires this like big time kind of like celebrity yeah. lawyer Oh, Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Wein- yeah. Weinstein. Weinstein. <laughs> Whatever. Weinstein. Yeah, well, he's he's definitely like definitely work together because he is a lawyer for slime balls. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. He is just like such a slimy fucking lawyer. He will go so far with things. Mm-hmm. And there's more that we will talk about towards the end of this episode about his ass. Yeah, and he go he goes hard for Casey too. Like he oh, yeah. seems to like 
really try his very best in order to get her. Oh, yeah. You know, off of these charges she's getting. And he starts out by writing a letter to the uh, Orange County Sheriff's Office about Casey's willingness to cooperate with law enforcement. He's trying to get her bail. And because of police testimony about allegedly incriminating evidence from the car, Circuit Court Judge Stan Strickland sets Casey Anthony's bail at $500,000. And at the same time, detectives revealed that they had found strands of hair that looked like Kaylee's in the trunk of the Anthony family car and that cadaver dogs had smelled human decomposition in the trunk. So this was huge. Like, yeah, once they searched the car, they were clearly able to see that there was these weird stains back there and they brought cadaver dogs or like definitely signs of decomposition in the trunk. So something dead was in the trunk at some point. And that becomes the big debate over the trunk, though, is whether or not it is human decomp or is it from the trash that was in there? Because if you remember, there was a bag of trash Mm-hmm. That was in there, which, you know, many people argue that a bag of trash could not create like a human decomp smell. That's like a very specific smell. That's horrible. Right. Like when you smell that, you know it. Right. Um, there's a difference between that and some trash, which had like pizza in it. And like, yeah, obviously some things for 31 days in a Florida car is going to be yeah. pretty rank. But yeah, but is not it going to smell as like body. death? Yeah. And the fact that Cindy even said that before detectives like she signaled that was a big thing on the phone the fact that she said it smells like there's been a dead dead body body in the damn car it's like and you know that she also was thinking in her head that it might have been kaylee because why else would you say that she wouldn't have said that she said she's been missing and i also got her car and it smelled like there was a body in the car all in one sentence as if that was one big thought yeah you know yeah she wasn't just using dead body because it was a bad smell. I or think like she a, really thought someone could have died back there. And she said that on the call. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. It is huge. It's and it's huge evidence for the prosecution. I think detectives, when they reviewed the 911 call, they're like, all right, yeah. here, you know, she might be on to something here because. Yeah, I feel like people don't just say that about trash, you know. No, um, they don't. Like how often you'd be like, oh, it smells so bad down here. It smells like a dead body. Yeah, no, I'm, like I'm, unless there's a dead body, you don't just say that. Or you are subconsciously thinking that. Yeah, I think she was thinking the, the girl, she's missing. My granddaughter's missing. The, the car smells. The car. It was all one statement. Right. And I think, you know, this is before she started really thinking about Casey could go to jail or anything like that. So I think she was being honest on the phone. I think that first call is the, probably the most honest we've ever gotten from her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's clearly, you know, when you watch it back in during the trial, she just is like, yeah, completely breaks down. Yeah. Because she knows that was a huge, huge moment that that she realizes. Yeah. Panic too. the truth about what really happened. So after the decomposition thing in the uh, the trunk, Casey Anthony is a person of interest in her daughter's disappearance. And they're starting to treat this as a, a potential homicide case, which I mean, rightfully so. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, and at this and, I mean, meanwhile, they're still trying. The family is still saying that Casey Kaylee is missing. It's hard that it's Casey and Kaylee. Yeah. But um, there's like they the family made all these shirts. I remember them being like butterfly themed, like fly home or something like that. But they would wear them to the jail and they were trying to have like little search parties. So Cindy was Cindy started being in like major denial. Like when they were in this period of like maybe she's with the nanny. Like Cindy, obviously that's way easier for her to believe that she's with the nanny and they'll just get her back and everything right. will go back to normal. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of the footage you see her parents come in to the jail to see her. There's tons of footage if 
Yeah, I've um, got a clip later on. I'm sh- with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see that they're wearing these shirts in most of the footage. Right. You know, they're looking out looking for her. For her. They're yeah. holding signs. They're trying to hold a missing persons campaign. Um, meanwhile, you know, I think in Casey's mind, she already knew that this isn't a missing persons case because she seemed to be the one that was least concerned about finding her. Like whenever the phone calls, it's really never about like the search efforts and stuff. It's all about her and getting her out of jail and how she's had everything taken from her and poor Casey the whole time. And it's really never really focused around her daughter. So you can start to, I think, I think people already had a sense from the way she was acting that there was no missing child to find. Right. Right. Yeah, I think it's that's a very accurate um, description for sure. Because, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that would indicate from her behavior or anything, any of the actions she took that she was like really actively searching for somebody that's still alive and, you know, is truly kidnapped or out there or with, especially with somebody that you know. Yes. Doesn't her behavior doesn't add up to that? Because if that's no. the case, you'd be like, yeah, out looking for out them. there, like searching for this individual and like mm-hmm. telling law enforcement, find this person. They have my daughter. Like it all the lack yeah. of all of these things just raises so much suspicion around Casey. Yeah, especially when it's like it's not like she was holding like search parties. You know, she was out drinking and getting tattoos and doing hot body contests during this time. She wasn't searching for her daughter. So it just seems really obvious. Mm-hmm. that she knew she wasn't missing. Right. So the judge in this, um, which there's actually two judges in this, uh, they had to replace one of the judges, mm-hmm. uh, judge Strickland. But anyway, the defense. So Jose Baez and her defense team go to the judge and want to essentially ban the release to the media of all of the jailhouse recordings, nine one one tapes, visitor logs, but Florida law mandates yeah. that record request by the media be honored promptly. So that was another thing that I think the reason why this case blew up so much yep. is that so much information came out and it, it was gave the public show. all of, oh yeah, you know, the stuff that was going on and all of the evidence. And, you know, when you start and as a public person, you start seeing all this stuff and you, you're not seeing somebody being locked up for their child. You're starting to get pissed off and you're starting to get, wonder what the hell's going on. Like, yeah, why is Casey Anthony's, you know, not being charged with anything? So the first charges that the state attorney's office brought against Casey was one felony count of child neglect because obviously they don't have enough proof to put anything else on her at this Mm -hmm. point. For just failing to report her as missing for that amount Mm -hmm. of time is neglect. So this is in August 2008 and uh, TV reports started saying that investigators suspect that Kaylee may have drowned in the family swimming pool on June 16th. So that was kind of the, you know, the story at first. Um, and also the story that the defense took was that Kaylee had accidentally drowned in the pool and that, in fact, she wasn't kidnapped. Um, but this information is kind of starting getting leaked to the media and things like that. Um, and then we get into the middle of August and meter reader Roy Kronk reports suspicious bag to police. A police officer meets Kronk at the scene and Roy Kronk tells him he had seen a skull and bones in a bag. However, the officer Apparently, it was rude and conducted only a cursory search. So, the first time, nothing happens with that. And then Casey is in jail with that $500,000 bond. And this is just kind of a weird thing that I, I didn't even really know about until I dug in deeper. But in order to get bonded out, she actually contacted a veteran bounty hunter with his own reality TV show. 
named uh, Leonard Padilla. And this guy is a character, man. Uh, yeah, he's he's an interesting individual. He, he dresses like he's like straight out of the Wild West. And he's uh, he's came all the way from California to pay her $500,000 bail. In which after he did this, she was fitted with an electronic monitoring device and released. And later on, this this guy had said that he was hoping that Casey would lead detectives to find Kaylee. And he was disappointed when she failed to provide additional clues. And then he went on to say that Casey was narcissistic and promiscuous, which only like he came out publicly and said this. And this just fueled the fires around, you know, what people thought of Casey and her outrageous behavior. And then later towards the ends of August, uh, she's arrested again on charges of writing four checks worth $650 on her friend Amy's checking account without permission. And Orange County police said the charges are unrelated to investigation. You would think that if you were like, yeah, literally a sut like possible person of interest in a homicide investigation that you would not go out and commit fraud. Like what the fact that she went and did this was very interesting. I guess she didn't have any money. Um, because she had to like get bailed out and she had to put up money for the bail bondsman, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. I'm sure she had like no money. So she went and just used some checks that like her friend had left in uh in her possession and yeah, went and got caught and then got arrested again. So why Hang the, on. yeah. I, I'm sorry, I was just thrown off so much by this. So Roy Cronk had, uh first saw this saw the skeletal remains in August. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And they didn't find anything. What? They must have just not even gone out. Yeah. Basically. The they officer was rude. Yeah. They basically ignored his thing. And that's why he went back and the bag had come loose or something and he stuck a stick through it. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that little part is barely reported on. I have yeah. never heard no, that. No, I know. And that's a, the more you dig into this, yeah, you realize there's some deep details in like Reddit. The media and stuff. just did not display the whole story. There's so many things in this that got left out from the main, yeah. the actual trial and evidence of the timeline. Yeah. Sorry that took me a second, but I was like so confused. I was like, I remember them finding her body in December and they did, which we'll get to. Yeah. Later on, they actually find all of the remains. But right. He reports of what he thinks in is August. this, but then the officer never comes out and then he kind of just ignores it. He kind of wow. just goes off and then he returns to the area later on. Yeah. Which we'll talk about. And to pee, right? Yeah. Like he just kind of wanders back into that area because mm-hmm. he was doing like his meter runs. He goes mm-hmm. around and checks everybody's meters at their houses. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is now September 2008 and police said they believe that Kaylee Anthony is not alive. Mm-hmm. And the Orange County Sheriff's Office issued a statement saying that based on evidence that wasn't yet public and FBI tested is believed that there's a strong probability that Casey Anthony is deceased. Which well, I mean, maybe if you'd search all tips thoroughly, like what the hell? Yeah. They would have found so they could have found out about her, you know, remains and stuff yeah. way earlier. Oh, that's horrible. I can't believe there's barely been any scrutiny on them for that. Yeah. They've like really flown that under the rug. No, that is a, I not think, a well-reported fact. Yeah. And, and I think that's why the Anthony family and stuff has that sort of like mistrust with the police and not yeah. forthcoming with the police is because they feel like they're not huh. really helping and stuff. Like. Interesting. And another thing I was going to mention is like with any missing person's case, like being missing for like 31 plus days, mm-hmm. the chances of finding that missing person alive are slim. You know, slim to none at that point. I mean, it goes down by the hour. Right. So obviously law enforcement's like, yeah, the probability of her being alive is, is, you know, 
mm-hmm. minimal at Very this point. Slim. Yeah. Especially a child. Because mm-hmm. they can't like, you know, there's a good chance. There's no chance that they're just out taking care of themselves and just like living somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting too. One thing that I wondered about all this is like polygraph tests, right? Uh-huh. We talked about this like Chris Watson. Like why, you know, the fact that you can't force somebody to take a polygraph is interesting and Mm -hmm. they asked the entire anthony family to take a polygraph test the fbi and the local authorities offered up a polygraph test because if you think about it a polygraph test if you're a person of interest the easiest way to clear to get the police off your back is to pass a polygraph yeah right but you got to be confident that you're going to pass or you know and that either you're not going to get caught lying or you're going to tell the truth so the fact that Cindy and George Anthony don't even volunteer to take a polygraph test and just refuse. Mm -hmm. And then Casey obviously refuses is interesting. And they just flat out refuse and never to this day took a polygraph because polygraphs aren't hundred percent accurate, but they will reveal deception. Mm -hmm. And it would be so interesting to hear these hard questions asked to both parents and Casey and, and see what the results would be. Yeah. It is interesting that you can't like force people to do that. Because, man, I'm sure we'd find out a lot more shit. Oh, I'm sure. And we'd find out a lot more about the parents that were not being told. Mm-hmm. So the you had alluded to this earlier, but the the nanny that Casey had said took her child, Zenaida, mm-hmm. the actual woman files a defamation lawsuit against her. Yeah. Um, which rightfully so, like God, trying to can accuse me of kidnapping your child and possibly mm-hmm. murdering them. Like, what the hell? And because it became such like a a thing on the media, Zanny, the nanny, Zanny, the nanny that mm-hmm. she felt her reputation was damaged, which honestly, come on, it's probably wasn't. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not like that many people are like, Oh, you're the, you're the nanny. Like, I mean, that's why her, her trial never went through. Yeah. The uh, case got dismissed. Her yeah. case got dismissed. Yeah. yeah so, cause I mean, but it, I mean, it is just like fucked up to just is. randomly pick a name in a phone <laughs> booth or phone book and like blame someone. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Casey, did not give a fuck no and i think this got overlooked a lot too is the fact that she was in and out of jail a few times for other unrelated charges to her daughter's disappearance uh the lying to investigators the petty theft and the use of the forged check Mm -hmm. she was in and out of jail like a couple times during this whole um investigation of her disappearance of her child um because of basically lying and being deceitful Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. yeah not giving a fuck and just shitting yeah ultimate bullshitter wasting everyone's time and resources yeah and i mean investigators are starting to like piece it together and they're like all right she's definitely a suspect like yeah there's some major red flags being raised i mean i think she was a suspect from like from the jump just because she didn't report her missing for 31 days i mean i would automatically assume anyone who just doesn't report their kid missing is a suspect that's weird it's suspect yeah it's a suspectful suspectful suspicious oh my lord suspicion yes it's suspicious. suspicious yes close suspicious so then on october 14 2008 casey anthony is indicted by a grand jury on charges of first degree murder aggravated child abuse aggravated manslaughter of a child and four counts of providing false information to police she is arrested again later that day and judge john jordan orders that she be held without bond and because this is a capital crime Casey Anthony faces possible death penalty right. um, at this point. And it's Florida. Mm-hmm. And I think this was like the biggest mistake of all time because 
reasons that we'll explain. Yeah, yeah. They definitely went hard core with the charges. Um, and it kind of backfires as we'll find out. Mm -hmm. Um, but they ended up uh, dropping the charges of child neglect because they got to a point where they assumed that the child was dead. And when she's arraigned a few days later, she pleads not guilty to all charges. Okay. So during this time in October, police are extracting evidence from Casey Anthony's trunk of her car and they report evidence of body decomposition and chloroform in the back, which is interesting. And, Mm -hmm. you know, chloroform is not totally uncommon being found inside of a trunk because chloroforms in a lot of different types of chemicals and cleaning uh, products and things Mm -hmm. like that. And especially car cleaning stuff. I've Mm -hmm. heard cars related. Yeah. Car related stuff. Exactly. And if you don't know what chloroform is, it's a chemical that can render somebody unconscious very Mm -hmm. easily Mm -hmm. uh, when put over the face or mouth. It can, you inhale it and then you're out like that. So it, it is used and has been used in kidnappings in the past. So police are like, hmm, it's interesting that along with decomposition, there's also chloroform. What mm-hmm. happened back here? You mm-hmm. know. And meanwhile, you know, we still don't know where Kaylee is. It's, you know, she's been gone for months now. Mm-hmm. And a group called the Texas EquiSearch uh, mm-hmm. came up to Florida with hundreds of volunteers and created like a search grid in order to look for Kaylee or look for her, her remains. But nothing is found so they end up stopping their search because they just they yeah. ran out of money and resources and just was like we're not finding anything and yeah they spent know, a ton of money a trying ton to find of her. time and money trying to find her because they all had to come from texas imagine mm-hmm. the amount of money they spent. oh yeah oh yeah and they don't find anything which is interesting and then in november the anthony family's private investigator dominic casey searches the area where kaylee's remains later are found and the search is videotaped and the family's attorney denies asking Dominic Casey to search there. The defense questioned who sent him to the area, and he said that a psychic gave him the tip. According to the prosecution, the area was under several inches of water at the time. So it's just an interesting thing to think about that he went to the area before the remains are found, to the area where they mm-hmm. were, and was video they videotaped him like walking around there. In that area, yeah. And he knew somehow, maybe he didn't know, but you know, thinking about this from the defense did, side, like, did he know where he was going? Like, did mm-hmm. he know the area he was in? Maybe was he where did. She might be found, which there's a lot of talk about how it's possible. Her defense team possibly could have known what really happened and where she really was all along. Well, that's what they do though. And a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot mm-hmm. of defense lawyers would be like, if you want me to represent you and, push as hard as I can for you. You need to tell me the truth. Yeah. I need to know the truth about what happened. So I know best way to protect you. Yeah. And that's part of that, like confidentiality between your lawyer and you is that you can tell them stuff and they can't just go like run to the police Mm -mm. and tell the police. Like, Mm -mm. so she could have confessed or whatever and said exactly the story, what happened. And Jose Baez knew this. So he, you know, orchestrated things the way that he did. So he would, why would he have their search people go want it? Like, why would you want video of, them walking around near the body though i don't know maybe they wanted to go get a get a look at it before authorities did to make sure there was nothing incriminating or things like why that why would they film themselves there i don't know i don't know that's, that's super odd so or that it doesn't really look suspicious or yeah i don't know um, or maybe he didn't really know so at this point her body was kind of underwater there was a couple inches of water there in the okay. area yeah yeah and that's what they find later too is that it is underwater 
So this is where we, I wanted to show the like crazy visitation video of mm-hmm. Casey and her parents talking in jail because oh, yeah, uh, it's it's super interesting. So we'll go ahead and play that. It's yeah. Any stuff you want to talk to me about? Anything? It's just nice hearing everything that's going on. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say except I miss you guys, and I love you, and I just. Oh, I know, God. I know you do. I love you too. I love I, I love you more than anything. Person. I know, Dad. I want to see that little girl. I want. I want to hear Kaylee laugh. I want to be with my baby. You know, that's... That's my focus. Her birthday's in just a few days. Yeah, it is. Just a few days away. And remember, we wanted to have that little one just, like, taking her to a park or something and just, you know, just be the immediate family. But now we want to have this great big one, so... Casey, we have to find her before her third birthday. Mom, I That's know coming that. up fast. I know. We have a couple weeks. I don't want to wait another minute. Let I don't alone... want to wait another minute. I want... I want her to be found whether I'm still stuck in here or not. I don't care. I think once she's found, then you can tell everybody what you know. And you'll be, you'll be released. Don't you think? Potentially. I don't know. Yuri has it set in his mind that I've done something. Well, he thinks he thinks you guys did something to Kaylee. All I'm trying to do is find Kaylee for both of us. Oh, I know. For all of us. And I'll do whatever it takes. I feel the exact same way. That's, that's exactly what I've been saying. I don't care what I have to do. When I told them I would lie, I would steal, I would do whatever by any means to get her back. That's exactly how I feel. It's the truth. Well, what do you think about that? Thoughts? <sighs> it's just so interesting how convincing she can be when she lies. I just, I mean, I've said it before, but yeah. like she has to know at that point. She does know 100%. No matter which way you slice this case, no matter which theory you end up going with at the end, Casey knew at this point that she was not alive. Yeah. And she's just lying in these clips. Would just I, straight lying to her poor mother who's like, we need to find her before her bir- her third birthday. I mean, God, what denial Cindy was in. Yeah. Such denial. Yeah, she was. She did not want to believe that her daughter mm-hmm. could have anything to do with her granddaughter's like, Oh, if we just find her before that third birthday, everything will be okay. And what I'm thinking about too is I'm thinking back to like Chris Watts and his behavior mm-hmm. and how calm and collected mm-hmm. he was and just not not expressing any ounce of normal mm-hmm. emotion or reaction to your child being missing, mm-hmm. you know, and it all leads you to believe that subconsciously they know what really happened. Yeah. So they're not able to express those normal reactions because their mind just, their mind is so fucked in that moment that they can't go there. You know, mm-hmm. they can't even show that because they're in their head they're They, they're like wrestling internally, probably mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, I know what happened. I know, you know, she's probably not alive. And here I am telling my mom that her, we got to find her frustrated. Yeah. You can tell she's almost feeling frustrated with the whole situation that she's in there and they're all looking for her. And it's very much about her Casey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and her getting out of there right. and stuff. It's not about how's the search going yeah. and the whole like, or here's what, you know, one time Zanny said this to me, one time she said this, yeah. like, here's a clue. Here's a possibility. I've theories. been sitting here in jail thinking about this. So what, literally yeah. nothing, dude. nothing She's at just all. Like, and when her mom was like, hopefully, 
you know, we can find her and then you'll just tell them everything, you know, and, and you'll, just let you you'll go. go home. Yeah. And she was like, she, she was paused like, and looked down. She knew that's not going to happen. She was like, potentially. And she didn't want to tell her mom like, yeah, that's going to that's what's going to happen because she knew mm-hmm. there's no way that that was going to happen. I think she already knew it at that point. She, I think she started to know that like time is like dwindling on her. Yeah. Her timer's running out. Yeah. Just like in all the other situations she's been in, her timer's running out. And she she's knows, just hoping that they don't find the body. At this she's point. Yeah. She's just hoping that it, she's just missing. It is so much harder to go to trial to get a conviction without a body. It is. My gosh. We have learned that with the Sarah, uh, with Sarah's trial. I mean, Alyssa's trial yeah. and Sarah's running it. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not been able to get anything done because they don't have a body. And she's told over and over again, like without a body, you're not going to be able to do anything. Right. So if they don't find a body, Casey knows her chances of getting away with this. If she are a lot greater, in fact, had something to do with her disappearance, you know, allegedly mm-hmm. at this point. You right. Know. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting. And just honestly, though, I get weird vibes from George from watching that. I You know, I know you think he's like really trustworthy and he seems like a straightforward person, but I get some kind of deceitful vibes from him and in that video even just how he's talking and he's so nonchalant about it too. I think he's too. very realistic and he knew that she was already gone. I think that was the difference. But yeah, I mean, I want to talk about George. There's a lot I want to say yeah. about George after that clip okay. especially, but because we haven't even explained yeah. any of that theory, like, that's not going to make any sense. Okay, well, let's get We're on. We're going to need to yeah. revisit that theory, that video clip though, specifically when we get to that part because I do have some things to point out from that. Okay, so the time is now December 11, 2008, and a fourth tip. So there's four tips that came in from Roy Cronk, the meter man. And this fourth tip comes in December 11, 2008. And he says that he believes he found skeletal remains of what appears to be a small child one quarter mile from the Anthony home. And this is so crazy to me now knowing that he had reported it so many times because he ended up having to move the body. He wanted to see what it what what it was he's so he, curious that yeah, it was, because, something was out there and he yeah, was he's like, like well they haven't been here three i've reported it several times let me just go check it out for myself right i think that's exactly his thinking was that this is really weird yeah. i'm just going to kind of investigate this myself yep. because i've kind of reported it and that it could be this because that's what it looked like yeah. but nobody's come out so maybe it's just an animal i'm sure he was yeah. just kind of like he you know, didn't know what busy it was and just was like oh, i'll leave it be you know i don't know because you're not thinking when you find a skeleton yeah, right. in the woods that you're that it's going to be a human skeleton. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, oh, it's probably an animal. Mm-hmm. And this was like thick Florida woods, too. Mm-hmm. So there's clearly animals and alligators and shit out there eating stuff. So you're not thinking human. You're thinking an animal. But yeah, then that's this is the day when he calls. Uh, he has his emergency dispatch call 911 to report this skeletal remains and. Here's, yeah, because he finally poked this stick poked in there. And God, he gets so much shit, too, for that. Like, in the actual trial, they were able to really use that to their advantage in the defense side. Well, they said they contaminated, contaminated the crime scene. Not only that, touched the, they went after him and said he moved the body or something. Like, they took it as far as, like, he was somehow involved like, with oh the disappearance because he knew it was there. And he was over there. Yeah, over and he and over. tried reporting it four times. That's the one thing that no one seems mm-hmm. to mention. I can't believe I had never even heard of that. Yeah. So here's that 911 call from the meter man. Yes, we. Uh, this is Osh County Utilities Emergency Dispatch. We found a human skull. Oh my gosh. I know. Uh, we got a. Uh, is it a meter reader? Yes. 
I'm going to let you speak right now with the representative from our field services. This is Benny with Orange County Utilities. Hey, Benny. Hi. I'm going to let you speak with Rusty Spare, and uh, everything is recorded. Here he is. How are you doing? Hey, Rusty. Uh, one of my meter readers supposedly has found a uh, skull of a, if he believes it's human. What's the location, please? It's right off of Suburban and Chickasaw in the Kelly Anthony area, right by the Oh. Um, do you have a specific address for me or not? No, it's right by the school. If you take Is it easy. Right, you are. Yeah, he's in. Suburban and, and Goldenwood? Well, Suburban and Chickasaw. Chickasaw, I'm sorry. Yeah, and the school is right there. I can't think of the name of the school. It just go right straight down. It dead ends right into the woods. Okay. It's, it'll be on the east side of uh, Chickasaw, Suburban. Um, east side of Chickasaw. And what is your um, party's name that we're going to meet with? Uh, his name is Roy, R-O-Y, Kronk, K-R-O-N-K. He's not touching this, I hope. No, I K-R-O-N-K. And he's a... Um, he's a meter reader. Meter reader? Yeah, and I'll just tell him to stay at that location and just stay away from everything. Okay. Um, and if you can, try to stress to him to please not draw attention to the area. Okay. And that would be great, just in case it is something. It may be nothing, but just in True. case. So, yeah, human skull found. And did you notice that in that call he said near the Kaylee Anthony area? like the search area, everybody knew that that area was like the search area for Kaylee Anthony. Mm-hmm. It's really weird that they didn't find it before, but I think it was because it was underwater. I think the skeletal remains. But how could Roy see it enough to call? And then I they don't know. See it. I don't know. I feel like it was probably just like not taken seriously or not. No one looked or they miscommunicated about the location. I mean, no one met up with him. Yeah. Um, but it could have just been missed. I mean, a lot of things that get reported to the police, they can't, they don't even have the resources or the time to follow up with everything. Yeah, that's true. So they may not have, mm-hmm. or maybe like the first time they didn't, the second time there was water. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't think they purposely left her there or anything. Like, I don't think it's any like no, I don't corruption, think, yeah, but yeah. it's definitely some shitty work there. Yeah. Bad oversight. And also the the remains were scattered out. That wasn't like it was like a little pile or anything. Right. Like everything had kind of become separated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they found the skull first, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the bones and stuff were mm-hmm. were nearby. But it decomposed to bones and yeah, a seemingly short amount of time. I mean, it's because it's Florida. I mm-hmm. mean, it's so wet down there, and it's hot. Yep. And wet. And yeah. it was there for a long time. And there is so, animals and stuff. Let's see. Probably sometime they think she died probably in like what june or may i can't remember yeah june sometime one of those two yeah no i think it was probably may right at that point i don't know if it was yeah, 31 c- days yeah, c- i don't remember but it was end of june it was like yeah so she, yeah well i guess no one knows exactly when she died but it was sometime in that point and so till december that's a long time mm-hmm. in florida conditions so yeah. obviously a body's going to just fall apart yeah break down really really quick and that's what happened so at first they didn't know whose remains it were but um several days later police announced that the dna testing confirmed that the remains belonged to kaylee anthony which is just so sad that that's where she ended up this cute such a cute little kid my grandma was so upset over this case and my grandma's like she doesn't even really like true crime. She just likes news, anything news related. And she lives in Florida and she was just so upset about 
Kaylee, like she was so connected to her, that baby, that baby. She remember she would talk to her, mm-hmm. talk about her like that. And that's how people were about this case. And that's one thing we should really mention yeah. here is like people were really, really obsessed with this. Even before the trial started, my grandma had been watching this for years before we had even heard of right. it. Um, just following it from when she first was reported missing. Yeah. And then when, when they the found local her body, news was first covering it. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. It was like a big thing in Florida. Like everyone was super, super, especially once they found her and there was major hate towards Casey. We didn't even mention that in the beginning when she was first, before she was even brought into jail, there were literally people outside of her house, like screaming at her, screaming at the Baby family. Killer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they got harassed like crazy. Yeah. It was just like, it was just the media involvement in this and people's interest in this as like a public drama was insane. Like next level. Like OJ Simpson type situation. Yeah, definitely. Almost to the point of OJ. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but even at the trial, that's when it really started to get crazy. That's when way more people knew about it because that's when it kind of went to the whole rest of the country. Yeah, it really became nationalized. Yeah, yeah, at that point. Mm -hmm. On HLN every night. It was on all the time. Yep. Um, and people were like literally buying tickets and stuff. Yeah, for, to get like, into there was the like a, and stuff. a raffle, and then people would get tickets and then sell them. Like there was mobs outside of the courthouse waiting right to to get in to hopefully get a public seat because the way with Florida's laws are, which that's why there's so many true crime cases that have a lot of information that are really interesting with tons of videos, tons of court footage. Is like everything's public it's there. Released, yeah, yeah. So, and like the public was allowed to just come in. Like you could literally book your, book your seat pretty much for the show. And people did. It was crazy how into it everyone was Mm -hmm. like just hours and hours of coverage of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Like HLN, that's all they covered for like weeks. Well, it's just, it's, it's a mystery, right? (laughs) It's a huge mystery. Everybody loves a mystery. And this one was just, no one knew it had any idea, you know, well, I guess people thought immediately thought Casey. Yeah. But they were just everybody was so confused as to why this wasn't just like a slam dunk case. And why weren't they mm-hmm. just like, you know, yeah, because it's pressuring seems like, law enforcement to, you know, it seems pretty obvious. Pretty like clear, you didn't report her for yeah. 31 days. There's got to be a reason. Right. What's going on? Yeah. So people automatically there was a major like mob mentality towards Casey for sure. Yeah. From the beginning, people. Yeah. She was guilty to the public immediately. Right. Like right off the bat. And totally. people didn't like her parents either because yeah. they didn't go against her right away. So right. they didn't like that. Right. So people were literally standing outside of their yard, just screaming at them. Uh, her mom, Cindy, would have to like go outside. There's clips of her like fighting off the paparazzi or not even, sorry, the paparazzi. Just random like outside, yeah. just yeah. random people with signs and shit outside that she had to like get off her property. I remember in one video clip, she's out there like, all you maggots, get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah. Just and craziness. George was like rolling around with a gun and stuff. Mm-hmm. He actually got like his gun confiscated from him like uh, a little while back. Uh, mm-hmm. And it violated her, uh, Casey Anthony's bail. They had like an issue with her bail because oh my God. he got busted like on city property with a gun because he said he was going to use it on people if, you know, they'd yeah. stop harassing him and stuff. People were crazy. It was crazy, man. I mean, and. It's already crazy in Florida, so oh yeah, you can imagine people get pretty the, riled up. Yeah, yeah, people get riled up. Down you ever there, want man. to be entertained? Just turn on any f- local Florida, Florida news, news station. Yeah. It's wild. It is wild. And the more south you go, like more towards Miami, the crazier that shit gets. It is, dude. It's the truth, though. <laughs> it's I mean, wild. anybody that lives in Florida would back that up. I would say because yeah. 
it really is. The news is crazy. Just yep. it's got to be the heat and stuff because people will just do some <laughs> wild stuff down there, man. I don't know what it is. It's crazy. Yeah, because like that didn't happen with the Chris Watts trial. Like people weren't buying tickets, which I don't think you can go in Colorado. I don't no, think you can it was very close. But there weren't people like outside, like chanting around with signs. It doesn't happen in all cases. This was really, really rare. Mm-hmm. You know, the amount of people that cared about this case was like abnormal. OJ Simpson makes sense because it's OJ Simpson. Right. It was Celebrity, a huge yeah. case. Yeah. Plus, it was like just the whole racial debate. It was a right. whole big thing for everyone that makes sense but this was just kind of like a random case yeah. you know there's it, many like it uh, there's a lot like it typical type of case i mean disappearances yeah. of children happen all the time yeah. you know why doesn't every single one of those cases get blown up to a national mm-hmm. media spectacle in a way yeah. like why doesn't it happen even the diane downs one didn't have like people not as much no no not as much not. as this and that's yeah so yeah it's really just crazy man but um we're starting getting into 2009 and um, some key events that happened in 2009 was that in January of 2009, police discovered George Anthony, who had been text messaging family members, despondent and possibly under the influence of alcohol and medication in a Daytona Beach hotel room. They later found a five page suicide note. And in fact, George has actually admitted he tried to commit suicide yeah. that day. I think he said he t- took like 70 pills or something. Mm-hmm. He took like a bunch of pills and tried to, to I, kill himself. I thought he wrote a note. He did. He wrote a five-page suicide note. Okay, yeah. 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 And just talked about how he needed to be with Kaylee. And He just was super sad. I mean, he was obviously depressed from mm-hmm. what happened. And I don't know. I, I think possibly maybe he's showing some signs of guilt or feels guilty about whatever happened. Not saying that he directly did something, but mm-hmm. maybe has knowledge that he can't deal with or maybe mm-hmm. withholding things from police. Somehow involved in somehow is involved with the disappearance we'll and feels into, super guilty about it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he tried to to off himself at that point. So, at this point, um, in April two thousand nine, prosecutors reversed their stance and planned to seek the death penalty against her. They had actually took it off the table and then they brought it mm-hmm. back on the table. Um, which was not kind of after idea. the you know remains were found and stuff i think they're like this warrants well yeah you know well they thought we have a stronger case now that there's remains and right, they're found extremely close to her house which yeah. you know i think they felt a lot more confident, confident so they went for the death penalty the prosecution because it's really hard to successfully prosecute a death penalty case Mm-hmm. it's it's hard to get somebody the death penalty yeah. like without a ton of evidence and, especially without a body like yeah. they weren't even going to go for it before and the judge even said that too he's like yeah he's like i don't know why they went for that because that's yeah. really hard to do yeah it was the biggest it. mistake in this whole thing i think because mm-hmm. it put it so much pressure on this jury we're jumping ahead but yeah so after that um, Kaylee Anthony's autopsy report is released and that's public too. So I went through it a little bit and I'll just uh, talk about a couple things in here that were interesting. So no drugs were found in the body, which there's no body. I mean, there's no body left. It's bone. So mm-hmm. I don't know how, you know, obviously it's going to be a no for that. Yeah. They said that they collected an almost complete skeleton of a young child with only multiple small bones missing small bones from the wrists and hands. But the report showed several overlapping pieces of duct tape on Kaylee's skull. And uh, the quote was, although there is no trauma evident on the skeleton, there is duct tape over the lower facial region still attached to head hair. The report said this duct tape was clearly placed prior to decomposition. 
keeping the mandible in place. So that was just like the medical examiner's notes on, you know, their autopsy and what they reported, you know. Mm-hmm. They also noted that the portion of her skeletal remains were intermixed with two plastic trash bags in a canvas laundry bag. The bags have a woodsy outdoor odor with no smell of decomposition, the report said. That's interesting uh, when you think about it. Why wouldn't that smell like? Yeah. It just smells like the woods, and yet if the body was placed into it, wouldn't it smell like decomposition too? I don't know, man. That's really, really weird. That is. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, there's just all these other details that are kind of kind of gruesome um, yeah, that you can read say, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little, mm. Yeah, especially since we're talking about child here. It's just so hard. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. She was such a cute little girl. Yeah, it, it really is. It's extremely tragic. And, I mean, it's they weren't able to even determine the cause of death either. They didn't find any trauma on the bones or anything to indicate she there's was, like, barely anything there. beaten or, you know, stabbed mm-hmm. or something. But they weren't able to determine how she died. There's just Mm-mm. not enough there. Like, yep. you can only get so much from bones. And there's no, like, tissue or anything like that left over. Which makes you think... If, hmm, like, you know how we were talking about what if the Jose Bias team knew that she was there? Maybe they really did because the, they knew the longer she's there, the more decomposed she'll be, the less likely they'll be able to de- determine a cause of death. She could have even been moved. She could have even or been Or bags moved. replaced. Could have. But because the fact that the bags didn't smell like decomposition or didn't have like sounds like they didn't indicate that they were related to it is interesting. Mm -hmm. Like if she was in the same bags for months and months and months in Florida, heat, just completely decomposing inside of it. You would think that the bags would. So one reason that Josh and I are really thinking about this here is we, and we'll get more into this towards the end is there is people are like, Oh, what the hell you guys don't think she did? No. Yeah, no, (laughs) we, I think we do. I mean, we don't really know. We have a lot there's of so question things, marks yeah. right now because there's some new information here. But basically someone that was working on the defense team ended up switching kind of and releasing a ton of information on Jose Bias just like kind of flips the script yeah, on. Him. He was flipped, working for him during the trial but then uh, afterwards him, he wrote yeah. like a a book I tell believe, all a type, type, thing. type thing. And he basically said that he did know that the body was there, that they did mm-hmm. know that it was there. Right. So I mean, they were that, trying they were hoping that the prosecution would just wouldn't find it. Yeah, I think I think that's what they were hoping too. But how did they know? Who told them? Clearly somebody told well, them where she if was. If Casey put it there, it's right. very very possible she told them like you said. Yeah. You you know, they probably said, "Hey, I will represent the slimiest fucks in the world. I don't care what you did. Tell me and I will still protect you, but you have to tell me the truth or mm-hmm. else I'm not working for you." And I, and she probably did. She probably did. Because and that's why those the way that she's so reported close. on, yeah, she's it's reported that she was very, very close with Jose Bias and that he was almost controlling of her. Yeah. And kept her like she mm-hmm. followed she's like everything he leash. said. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And guess why that happens is because he had that conversation with her. Mm-hmm. You are on my terms. I will get you out of this. He probably promised her, like, I'll get yeah. you off. I'll I'll get you. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't go to prison for the rest of your life or face death penalty. Mm-hmm. But here's what I need in exchange. And then he gave his, you know, the couple things. And one of that being, I control you. I tell you what to do. Yep. You listen to everything I say. Yep. Or else kind of, you know, mm-hmm. like, which is a pretty slimy thing to do for a lawyer. You know, that's not typical lawyer behavior. But this is Jose Baez. Do you think 
uh, OJ's team really knows what happened. Do you think he had to tell them the truth? I think so. I think so. I think there's a possibility. Because hmm. if you think about it, those guys are on your team and they have to know every angle that the prosecution could possibly come at you at, with. And or if there's a possibility you could go up on the witness stand. Yeah, that's another thing. And you're cross examined right. by prosecutors. That's that could be game over for you. Yeah. So you have to know how you really do it. have to tell. I'm pretty sure they always do that. They're like, hey, this is confidential, but I need to know what happened no matter how you're implicated in it. Cause at the end of the day, that's their job. Their job as an American, you know, is to defend you mm-hmm. in the court of law and they're on your team. You hire mm-hmm. them to work for you. And of course, if you're accused of something, you don't want, you know, you want to get rid of that charge or whatever. That seems so crazy. It seems like there should be a law that like, if your client tells you something though, that like proves them guilty, you should just tell the truth. <laughs> tell the judge. I don't know. Like that seems so crazy to me, but then, but then, you the can basically be an rigged, accomplice you know? to murder legally. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, sort of, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that's right or not, but yeah, I mean, in theory, it sounds like, I that. mean, I guess you're probably technically not actually supposed to know where a body is. And like, if he actually did that, that's probably not allowed. Yeah. And I, and I think it just depends on the attorney too. Right. I think mm-hmm. certain attorneys would maybe not go as far as he did. There's probably people that are more slimy. But there are, yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. whole show called Better Call Saul because oh, I love that show. Such a good he, show. He goes, he'll go to like the ends of the earth for you know, yeah, his clients and stuff, even breaking the law. You know, yep. it's like that. That you know, we laugh about that because it's a funny show. But the reality is that it happens, man. Yeah. So could happen in this this case, and I mean, at this point, Casey's like so fucked. Like if she's got these massive felony charges, death penalty on the table, she's got. Her Mm -hmm. life is in jeopardy. So I think she probably realized like my only hope in this case, if I'm in fact guilty of all this is to let him know everything and have somebody else on my side. Who's going to, you know, fight Mm -hmm. for me and help me get out of this sticky situation, you know? So let's go ahead and get into 2010 because the trial doesn't even start to 2011. There's just a couple things that happened in 2010. This trial spans over multiple years and um in april of 2010 uh, or first in the beginning of the year she pleaded guilty to her check charges 13 fraudulent check charges um and she served a little bit of time for that but then in april casey anthony jailhouse letters and inmate police interviews are released and an inmate told police that casey said in jail that she used to quote unquote knock out kaylee perhaps with some kind of sedative so she could go out at night Mm-hmm. The inmate also claimed Casey knew details about her daughter's remains before police said they were made public. So right there, I mean, I wonder what kind of details she knew. Mm-hmm. What details are there? There's really. And why would an inmate say this? I mean, what do they really have to gain? It's not like they're going to get out or something if they. Yeah, but at the same time, it's hard to believe. Right. Are you going to believe an inmate because they could be a liar? Well, no, not only that, but it is Casey Anthony. They might just like want some attention. Right. You know, like to be like, oh, I know something about Kaylee, you know. true. Mm -hmm. And why would she tell any of them that like, oh, yeah, I used to knock her out. Like, that sounds like stupid as fuck. Why would you say that? I don't know. I mean, it's possible. She was didn't seem like the smartest that she got comfortable enough in prison with an inmate to be like, Oh yeah, I used to knock my daughter out. (laughs) 
just gave her like a yeah that seems weird nyquil and went to the bar like yeah that's like how do you even get in probably tell people and why would she she seems smarter than that to me like she seems like she probably would have kept her mouth shut in jail and yeah she probably knew that like a lot of people would go around blabbing and shit like that that would i don't know it's just it's hard to believe things because i have seen so many cases where people in jail just make shit up just to get in on it i mean a lot of times there isn't any reward or a reason they don't get anything out of it they just Maybe they just literally want to be pulled out of their cell and like interviewed. Yeah. And no, get some attention for a few hours. It's true. Like you never know. People are it's desperate. hard to. People are desperate. Yeah. Do, do almost anything. Mm-hmm. So also in 2010, uh, that was notable was the judges switched. Judge Stan Strickland, who was the original judge on her case, stepped down after Casey Anthony's defense team filed a motion accusing him of having inappropriate conversations with a writer. And because of this, um, he said that he, you know, couldn't be impartial anymore and he stepped down from the case and judge Belvin Perry jr. Was appointed to take over the case. And he went on to say that the state wouldn't uh, continue to seek the death penalty. Um, and then on the second anniversary of the night, Kaylee was finally reported missing July 15, 2010 Casey Lee, George and Cindy Anthony all appear in court for an emotional evidentiary hearing. And after dramatic testimony by Cindy Anthony, who recounted the panic night she learned Kaylee had been missing for a month, a Florida judge ruled the 911 call Cindy made immediately afterward in which she discussed the dead body smell in the car Casey Anthony had driven would be allowed in Casey An- Casey's murder trial. So this was the, the ruling that allowed that clip, which we showed earlier, to even be played in the courtroom, what happened in 2010. Hmm. He, they they looked at it and they're like, okay, this is legitimate evidence. We should show this during the trial. Mm-hmm. And then throughout this time, the the family is continuing to, uh, like Cindy's going on the Today Show, mm-hmm. um, where she actually calls Casey a victim and claims she's not involved with what happened to Kaylee, uh, Kaylee's remains. Yeah, she was in some serious defense mode of her mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah. So by the end of 2010, Casey's gearing up her defense team. She's getting ready to go to trial. They had a team of six attorneys. Um, her main two defense attorneys were Jose Baez and uh, Cheney Mason. But before we get into the trial, I'd like to quickly thank our last sponsors for today. So the Casey Anthony trial actually kicked off in 2011. And in May, the trial begins with the jury selection. And the process of seating a jury took 11 days which that was like a huge problem because this case had so much media coverage and stuff. It was hard to even find people in Orlando that had never heard of, yeah. you know, the trial or the the case at all to be on the jury. Cause you can't you know, yeah. get a jury that's already made up their mind that somebody's guilty. That's that doesn't work. So one of her um, or one of the um, prosecution attorneys said that it was Ashton Ashton. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, he said that it was so hard to find people that it almost was impossible. It was impossible. Everyone had heard about mm-hmm. this in the, in the state of Florida. So they ended up having to have a lot of people that were just unbiased on the case, but did know about it. And so those people that are, that know about it, but are still unbiased are going to be really, really hard to convince. And so yeah. they started to realize that the jury was made up of people who were kind of almost biased that she didn't do it. Like to make it fair for her, 
they really they wanted to try to find people that weren't going to just automatically assume she did it, which was like everyone. Yeah. yeah. So they found the most difficult jury ever. It was a really tough situation for yep. the prosecution, for sure, because mm-hmm. I think they even had to like bust the jurors in. They and did. They stayed they there. They sequestered They're them. from out of out of town. Yeah. Yep. And they sequestered them, too. So they weren't allowed to see their families or watch the news for like months. A this long went on time. For yeah. a long time. Yeah. It's really crazy. What if like, can you say no? What if you're like, uh, no, this really? is like your, if you're picked to be on a jury, you're, but what you're if you're in. like, all right, I'm going to refuse to like stand up. I'm just going to lay down during the whole thing then. Well, I mean, you're sitting down. <laughs> no, I mean like, what if you do something to like ruin it for them? Be like, okay, well I'm just going to go in there and cry or yell. I don't know. I think they just like hold you in contempt of court and stuff. Like you so get you, like, charged. Jail? Yeah. You get like charged. Like it's like a civic duty. Like once you get put on a jury, you have to be on the jury. Like, because think about it if they have to dismiss a juror that fucks up the whole thing like they have to like so it's a big deal and and who wants to be the guy that gets kicked off the you know the jury for this case yeah for being just an asshole or something yeah that doesn't look good either it doesn't look good so the actual jury after the 11 days ended up being five men and seven women plus three men and two women as alternate jurors which are kind of like in case you know, we need mm-hmm. to their backups, essentially, mm-hmm. um, for that very situation you were talking about. But on May 24, 2011, the trial begins in Orlando, Florida. The prosecution states that Casey Anthony used duct tape to suffocate Kaylee Anthony. That was really their mm-hmm. um, they I think they were trying to use that as like the murder weapon in a sense, because yeah. that, that really helps your case to have if you weapon. can have a, a weapon. Yeah. Or just or something that explains. Scene. Yeah. They just try to come up with some type of image for them. Mm-hmm. But what was crazy is the, the, the uh, Casey's defense just completely went a different. And that was the thing is like Jose Baez was smart in the fact that he brought in a theory that just completely rocked everybody yeah. and caused people to have a ton of doubt in yeah, the prosecution's argument. So out of the blue. So this is what they, uh, the defense contended. They said that Kaylee Anthony actually drowned in her grandparents' swimming pool and that Casey's father, George Anthony, warned Casey she would be in prison for life for child neglect and then covered up the death. Which is the reason why she failed to report the incident for 31 days. And also because George Anthony had sexually molested Casey as a child. Mm-hmm. And so she had this habit of hiding her pain and lying because of this. They they used that to yep. explain she, why, why she lied so much. And, yep. Yeah, exactly. Cause they're like, we understand she's a liar. We get that. But here's yeah. why it's because her, her dad, dad taught her to lie because she's yeah. lying for him from a young age. That was the whole theory. Yeah. Yeah. Which he denies this. Yeah. It's never been proven. There right. is no actual proof. No. Um, we have heard reports that Casey's met with therapists and has also told them the same thing. Well, yeah. During the trial, she met with two psycho, two but independent psychologists. Yeah. In this I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me, though, if she could lie to everyone else. Why couldn't she lie to a therapist as well? It's very true. Yeah. So, I mean, it really does fit her narrative. And I feel like Jose Bias was kind of like probably had to talk with the whole family. Like, look, if I want to defend her, I'm going to have to like road. someone's going to have to go down. Like we need some explanation for this. Yeah, I, I believe that, too. Yeah. That he had to kind of get thrown under the bus. I think he kind of knew that was kind of the deal. And he still got to get up there and defend himself and say, I didn't do it, but it tarnished his reputation big time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he might have, he might have done it. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's just some interesting thoughts with that uh, Mm -hmm. for sure. But 
another thing was that Jose Baez admitted that Casey had completely lied about the story of the nanny named Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez um, as a part of that. He, she, they just straight out came up like, yeah, she lied about the nanny because mm-hmm. of that, which is interesting. And I think people, he's a convincing attorney, Jose yeah, Baez. Like totally. he, he, he comes with some authority like the way Almost that he entertainment. presents it. Yeah. He's such, he seems like he could be a movie character. Yeah. Yeah. He gets up there and then when he goes in his little spiel, he's like he's Saul like, from the show. Like kind of, kind of like animated and like, yeah. totally. I mean, and he was really, I feel like her, uh, prosecution team, they seem like nice people, but I feel like against Jose bias, it was not the best yeah. possible team. Yeah. I mean, they really needed someone to play dirty back and mm-hmm. they were, they just were not ready for this. I feel like no. they didn't do a good job of, Many things I'll get to if I go into Well, that yeah, way. I mean, he just, Jose Baez just pokes so many holes into the prosecution yeah. story, like straight off the bat. Yeah. Another thing he said was he questioned whether Roy Cronk, the meter man who found the remains, actually removed them from elsewhere mm-hmm. and questioned police motivations for pursuing a murder investigation. Yeah. So he raised so many questions as to like, why are you, it seems like you jumped on Casey right away. You didn't investigate the meaner man or possibly other people that could have done it. You mm-hmm. just settled right on Casey from the get go mm-hmm. is what he said. And prosecutors actually called George Anthony as their first witness, and he denied to them ever having sexually abused his daughter Casey or covering up the death mm-hmm. of of Kaylee. Like, I'm, and I'm sure that was hard. If he is completely innocent, then that must have been just brutal. Mm-hmm. But over the ensuing days, um, the prosecution calls various friends of Casey Anthony who testify about her fabricated stories during June and July 2008 of having a job and employing a nanny for Kaylee. A neighbor testifies actually that in mid June 2008, Casey and a boyfriend borrowed a shovel from him to dig up a bamboo root. Interesting. For, uh, a former boyfriend actually testified, uh, testifies Casey told him her brother, Lee Anthony, sexually groped her. George Anthony is called back to the witness stand where he says that he did not smell decomposition in Casey's car on June 24, 2008, and states he put duct tape over a hole in one of the plastic gas cans she had returned to him. Hmm. So, Yeah. He's continuing to deny the claims of the sexual abuse. Um, And then the fact that he didn't smell the decomposition smell that Cindy smelled prior to that day Mm -hmm. um, is interesting. Um, A tow truck company manager and George Anthony testify that from their experience, the smell from Casey's car resembled human decomposition. During cross-examination, George Anthony tells Jose Bias that he did not sexually abuse Casey again. This is this is in the following days. So they're just like they're yeah. they're pounding uh, him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a former boyfriend of Casey testified about her normal behavior on June sixteenth, and Cindy Anthony testified that they swam that day that Kaylee went missing, or uh, that day she went missing. Yeah, and Kaylee could get up the ladder into the pool. Mm-hmm. So they're asking about you know they're they're cross examining witnesses and trying to figure out like is this a plausible theory? Like, could she have accidentally drowned in the pool? And, you know, they're saying, yes, yes. Um, Mm -hmm. she could have So they're, cause that's what the defense is saying, right? Is that she drowned in the pool and that Mm -hmm. it was like this cover up, um, which was so shocking to everyone. mm -hmm. My gosh, people had no idea that was coming. The media was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. That was crazy. And then, then this was interesting. Um, on May 31st, 2011, Cindy Anthony says her description of Casey's car smelling like a dead body was just a figure of speech. She completely like recounted yeah. what she said on that. Which yeah, was, she said it was just like saying it was nasty, basically. It smelled like a dead body. I've mm-hmm. never once said that about anything. 
mm-hmm. completely reversed on that. Um, and throughout June, they're just continuing to present uh, different evidence to them, bringing more witnesses about uh, Casey going to Universal or Orlando Resort um, to the nanny not actually being a real person. Videotapes are shown of Casey lying to her parents in jail and denying to an officer in July 16, 2008, that Kaylee had drowned in the pool, as he suggested, which is interesting. And then an FBI forensic scientist testifies the single hair removed from the car trunk was similar to a hair from Kaylee's hairbrush and had root banding consistent with that from a decomposing body. Do you remember that? Like they showed the pictures of the uh, hairs and how they were pointing out mm-hmm. that there was like black at the end of the hair follicle. Yes. Yeah. And, that was interesting. And that is consistent with a uh, decomposition. So, mm-hmm. so they're, they're kind of creating some links like mm-hmm. to the fact that there was something decomposing in that trunk. Like, yes. And that's, what's so crazy is there is a lot of circumstantial evidence with this, like right. the decomposition in the trunk and the stains and things like that, the hair, like clearly mm-hmm. something was back there something living was back there or, and, and then deceased. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just so, so bizarre. And then they did like a, try to do like a chloroform test in there mm-hmm. um, from the carpet. And then they took some samples of the air in there to yeah. try to like uh, pull things from that um, in order to fly, uh, which they found like a high level of chloroform in the trunk. But I mean, the defense is just going and like they hired their own experts and they just come back and they, you know, Jose Bias goes and gets the top expert in all these different things. And they just come in here and are like, yeah, that's one possibility. But also the possibility is 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 that this is totally normal. You like you cannot prove Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. the high chloroform and the decomposition are from Kaylee Anthony spotty just creating so much doubt because at the end of the day that's all he has to do is create doubt he doesn't have to prove she didn't do it he has to prove just put doubt that she did Mm -hmm. exactly that's all you have to do is create Mm -hmm. that doubt Mm -hmm. um and then on june 8th computer analysts confirm a search for chloroform on the casey's computer march 17 2008 and how to make chloroform on march 21st 2008 which they're saying is Casey, but then I think her mom like said, yeah, well basically her mom then later gets on, on the trial on the bench. What is it called? On the stand, on the witness. Yeah. On the bench, (laughs) on the bench. She gets the bench. Um, no, but she got up there and completely changed everything. She was like, that was me searching. Actually. Yeah, Yeah. She said that she was searching for chlorophyll. She's like, you know how the words just kind of like pop up, you know, and you're like, like trying to play like she yeah. has no idea how a computer works. Yeah. She was like, I was t- trying to type in chlorophyll because my dog was eating bamboo, bamboo leaves yeah. off of our plants in the backyard, which is so weird. Why wouldn't she just Google bamboo? Like if that were me, I type in is bamboo toxic? Like she was like, I wanted to check the toxicity. So I typed in chlorophyll. Uh, Okay. That makes Come zero on. sense. Come on. And then she's like, and then because of that, it came up as like a related word on Google and it filled in as chloroform. And then I clicked that and I was confused and she tried to like say it was all her. But they also were able to show that she was at work during this time. She was clocked in at her job when these searches were made. So it would have been impossible, but they still somehow never proved that it was Casey on the computer. Well, you can't prove who's behind the keyboard, right? She was on like AIM or MySpace, AIM or MySpace right after Mm -hmm. these searches were made. 
So Cindy wasn't on MySpace. Right. But again, it's like so circumstantial, you know, like you can't, it's not like there's hard evidence to see who was actually in front of the keyboard. You know, A lot of it was circumstantial, pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. That's the, the thing here. Yeah. Um, so the following day, um, a software analyst by the name John Bradley states someone used the Anthony computer to search the website SciSpot.com for chloroform 84 times on March 21st, 2008, which this is a while back before, you know, she even goes missing uh, allegedly and things like that. So this was, you know, somebody was searching for these things a while back mm-hmm. uh, for the chloroform part. I think the other part, your the other searches that are made are the day that she was gone and stuff too. The as far as the, I, I don't, I can't remember. There's so many damn it's searches so in this. It's so confusing. There, oh, the other searches. Yeah, yeah, those were made the, on a different the, day. This chlor. So there, was, I think there might have even been multiple chloroform searches because, mm-hmm. according to this guy, it was chloroform was searched 84 times in March, so way before. Why is she searching chloroform that much? Well. He said that it could have been just an automatic page reloading huh. um, that the account could have just been like refreshing the page. And so that shows it over and over again in the logs of it being searched. Huh. Um, but this was also the day that investigators show photographs of the remains, including of duct tape that appears to be over the mouth area. And one admits that duct tape might not originally have been on the mouth and could have shifted position as mm-hmm. he collected remains. And supposedly, like, during this time, like, Casey Anthony just looks, like, visibly ill and upset as the photographs of her daughter mm-hmm. being shown uh, to the jury uh, that day. I wonder so, if they, I don't think they ever showed footage of that, did they? It's buried in there. I they ever showed footage of her. They and- did. It's buried in there, though. Mm. Literally, the whole trial is on YouTube. I'll link yeah, it. Yeah, I was going like to say, 11 the hours, thing is on there. 11 hours of footage in there. God. Because that was the thing, too, is they literally like live live stream this on TV mm-hmm. and stuff for everybody. The whole trial you can watch the whole entire thing. Um, the medical examiner states that the death is real a homicide because of the delay in reporting the disappearance uh, and the fact that the body was hidden and the existence of the duct tape. But states under cross-examination, she did not know how the child died. Crime scene investigators described similar maggots found in the car trunk and at the crime scene. So... That is interesting. So the whole duct tape thing is starting to kind of fall apart. I think mm-hmm. as the trial goes on, the whole idea of Kaylee Anthony being suffocated with duct tape starts kind of coming apart. That argument because of the fact that it could have so easily been moved and it looked like it had been moved and they even tested the duct tape for yeah. DNA and there was no DNA of anybody mm-hmm. on it whatsoever, which would lead you to believe that it was never placed on a human and it was just on the bags or something and came loose or, Mm. you know, somehow over time made its way onto the skull in the way that it did. Um, And then it goes on. I mean, this trial goes on for days and days and days and they're continuing to bring uh, different uh, FBI investigators onto it. Um, And essentially the prosecution gets to a point or actually hand, I'm missing a few things here. Um, Let me go back a few. So, in June 13th of 2011, an FBI examiner states a hair from the child's skull is consistent with but not identical to the single hair found in the trunk. The FBI agent could not find any fingerprints on the duct tape found near the remains, but initially did find adhesive in the shape of a heart on a corner of a piece of duct tape. Um, later, she could not find it again. So what's interesting, though, is the bags, I believe, the duct tape and this heart sticker 
all were found in the Anthony home. The heart sticker, mm-hmm. they actually went and found a sticker sheet of the exact heart sticker that was on there. And plus the uh, other thing that I think I'm getting to is that she cut a sticker out of the duct tape. That was a heart. Mm-hmm. No, it was like a black heart sticker, like a separate sticker that was placed on it. Oh, okay. So it was like a separate thing. Um, And then the FBI specialist said that the hair found in the trunk could have come from any member of the Anthony family. And so they couldn't say exactly whose hair it was. Um, And they also said the heart shaped stickers were found in Casey's room, but did not link them to the one alleged to be on the duct tape. So. At this point, it's June 15th and the prosecution is resting its case. Uh, The defense makes a motion to acquit based on insufficient evidence a murder was committed, which the judge denies based on previous case rulings. So this is when the defense begins its case. Um, So, yeah, the prosecution gets to give their whole case, their whole argument for it. And they thought they had enough with the between the forensic evidence and the duct tape and everything to, you know, paint a picture of. Kaylee Anthony being suffocated and, you know, being disposed of. But then the defense comes back and they just completely upend the Mm -hmm. entire prosecution's case. Um, Pretty much everything they brought to the table. Yep. So they start with by uh, having crime scene investigators say that no blood was found in Casey's car or incriminating stains on her clothes. An FBI analyst states no DNA evidence was found in the car or at the crime scene. She states the FBI did a paternity test that showed Lee Anthony was not Kaylee's father. Um, they also uh, stated that the heart-shaped sticker was found far from the body, which is interesting. Mm. And that another FBI forensic document examiner found no evidence of a heart-shaped sticker on the duct tape found near the remains. So that's what's interesting is like literally they contradict like yeah, everything like the everything prosecution. Is so conflicting. Yeah, yeah, everything is so conflicting. And so it's confusing. And as a jury, you're like already mm-hmm. exhausted from being there for so long. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Now yeah. these guys are coming back and they're like, yeah, wrong, wrong, that, wrong, that, wrong. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is not what's going on. And smart on their part to bring in all these experts. Um, they brought in a forensic entomologist uh, to state that there, uh, if there was a body in the trunk, there should have been hundreds or even thousands of blowflies trapped in the trunk as well. If there was like, a yeah, dead body I remember this whole day. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I remember them talking about flies for so long. Yeah. So they're trying to dispute the evidence of the decomposition and trunk saying that it could have even been a dead animal or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Not that if it was actually a human be all body bugs, in there, it'd be yeah. crazy back there. Mm-hmm. It would not be, you know, but how long was she back there? That's the thing. It's like, it couldn't may not have been that long. I mean, it's kind of crazy though. There's like no DNA evidence that they got, like no like fingerprints or like, how whoever disposed and this is why I go back to George a little bit because yeah, well, we need to talk oh, yeah fuck. about that final all right. theory. All right, let me get through the defense's <laughs> argument real quick. Almost there. Fuck. Yeah, there's this so trial much. This trial is just so huge. Much. I'm trying to let Josh just read. That's why I'm not talking a lot. Yeah, just so I can get all of these things out so we can talk about mm-hmm. what actually happened. Um, so the defense calls a new witness, Dr. Warner Spitz, who questions the medical examiner's autopsy, including the failure to open the skull. And he says there was no indication that death was a homicide. So he brings in another medical examiner. And this guy is like been, I think he was on the OJ Simpson. He was like this big time, uh, big shot medical examiner that he hired who Mm -hmm. had a lot of like uh, reputation and things like that. I remember that guy. Uh Cause that's what you do is you, you come in, you bring a, uh, you bring a witness or an expert in to testify. That's got more experience, you know, 
is going to basically destroy the prosecution's uh, expert witness. And that's exactly what they did. So this guy said he believes the duct tape was placed on the skull after decomposition and that the crime scene photos of the position of the hair on the skull were staged, possibly by the medical examiner. That's what's crazy, too, is he insinuated that the medical examiner was trying to help the prosecution with their case. And then uh, the defense called a forensic botanist, which challenged the prosecution's theory of when the body was placed at the crime scene. An expert in analytical chemistry who works with Dr. Vass challenges the process of testing for the presence of chloroform. So they just like poked holes in the prosecution witnesses and how they tested for the chloroform, the whole capturing the air mm-hmm. out of the trunk. They mm-hmm. poked holes in that. Like that's not science. That's not yep. legitimate. You can't, you can't trust those findings. Yeah. Just really put a Putting huge, so much doubt. yeah, huge amount of doubt into the jury. An FBI forensic examiner said that no dirt from the crime scene was found on shoes at the Anthony home or a neighbor's borrowed shovel. Um, A toxicologist found no toxins in the hair from Kaylee Anthony's skull. Um, Another scientist testified that uh, tests did not conclusively prove there was a body in the trunk um, and that they couldn't could not find traces of chloroform in the car. And these are like FBI Mm -hmm. experts, too, that are saying this. Uh, the forensic experts found no hair in the trunk liner showing signs of decomposition. She also testified the duct tape at the crime scene was dissimilar to that in the Anthony home. So we're literally just disproving yeah. all these different things. So by the time that June 24, 2011 rolls around, Cindy Anthony is uh, recalled to the stand where the defense shows her a photograph of Kaylee on the pool ladder. And she again mentions the ladder was in the pool on June 16th when she returned home from work that evening adding that she called George to ask about it since she took out the ladder from the pool on the previous day after she had been in there swimming around with Kaylee. The defense also showed the jury a picture of Kaylee appearing to open a sliding glass door at her home in which Sydney says Kaylee was capable of opening the sliding Mm -hmm. door of the backyard and the pool, which was huge Mm -hmm. and interesting that they're, you know, saying all these things and, you know, where, and I guess they're trying to, I mean, I think she's telling the truth, but I think it's also convenient that it lines up with Casey's defense as well. Yeah. Um, that Kaylee was, yeah, the possibility of her drowning in the pool is definitely a big one. Like It, it definitely is a possibility. She did know how to open that door. Those pictures were a big deal that mm-hmm. they were able to show that. Mm-hmm. They actually had to briefly halt uh, the trial to determine if um, Casey Anthony was competent to proceed with the trial. Or George was, or I'm sorry, if Cindy, I, I don't know if it's Cindy or George, but one George, of them, probably. was it George? Yeah. To proceed with the trial. Or no, 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 no. I'm sorry, Casey. It is Casey. I was going to say competent. I was going to say maybe mentally stable for yeah, George. No, 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 no. It's competent. Yeah. Because I think she starts falling apart a bit uh, mm-hmm. after they're showing all this forensic stuff. I'm sure it was super hard, you know, no matter what happened to see that mm-hmm. or she was acting or something. And so this is when she has the psychological evaluations mm-hmm. um, in which she talks. I think she talks more about the sexual abuse mm-hmm. from an early age. She goes on and says all these different things um, that came out of how, you know, her dad has been basically sexually abusing her her whole life, essentially. And it's caused her to be this way mm-hmm. in short. And then we jump ahead here to... Um, June 29th, 2011, Cindy Anthony says Casey's response to the media theory that Kaylee drowned was a surprise. 
Jose Baez asked George Anthony about his suicide attempt in January 2009, and the next day, the judge allows the jury to see the suicide note. Roy Cronk's son states that Cronk uh, did say that finding Kaylee Anthony would make him rich and famous, which is interesting. The meter man also testified about why he had changed his story about lifting the skull. An expert on grief and trauma testified that pretending nothing had happened and parting was one of the many different ways people, especially young people, express grief. So the defense is just like lining up all of this yeah. doubt, like bringing all this doubt to the table that this could have been a totally normal reaction. The whole like, you know, this was just how she was dealing with her daughter's disappearance and, you know, accidental death and that it wasn't really like a homicide that had happened. Yeah. Like the pro that was the main thing is she just proving the homicide. Accidental death. Yeah. Cause like I, like I don't but even in their theory, she knew. Mm hmm. And that's and that's why they have to admit that she was grieving. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I, uh, there's things I want to talk about, but again, we need to go over that George theory. Yeah, yeah. We're almost there. So in July 2011, the prosecution continues rebuttal with two representatives of Cindy Anthony's former employer explaining why their computer login system shows Cindy was at work the afternoon. She said she went home early and searched her comf- computer about chloroform. So I think there was multiple chloroform searches. Mm-hmm. Or or yeah, maybe they are referring to that one in March. But a police computer analyst says someone had purposely searched online for neck plus breaking. Yeah. Hmm. But another analyst testifies she did not find evidence that Cindy Anthony had searched certain terms she claimed to have searched. An anthropology professor is recalled to rebut a defense witness on the need to open a skull during an autopsy. Uh, the lead detective states that there was no phone calls between Sydney and George Anthony during the week of June 16, 2008, but admits he did not know that George had a second cell phone. So all these different things are coming to light. There's so many, so many things that just get unpacked during this trial. It's absolutely insane. Um, so the judge uh, ruled that during closing arguments, the defense could argue there was a drowning involved in the death of Kaylee because there was sufficient evidence of that, but could not argue George had sexually abused Casey. Which I, I think is fair because, again, there's not any yeah. evidence of that. Yeah. And you can't just go around accusing somebody and mm-hmm. just take their word for it and, and use that in the right. court of law. You yeah, know? Not, yeah, definitely not in court. So the prosecution does an hour and a half of closing arguments, offering a timeline of events and asserting that Casey t- intentionally suffocated Kaylee to death by putting three pieces of duct tape placed over her face. So like the mouth and nose um, was how they said it happened which would just cause her to, you know, give her the chloroform, knock Mm -hmm. her out, and then, you know, let her die in her sleep, essentially, from asphyxiation. Mm -hmm. The alleged motive was that the child interfered with with her partying lifestyle and spending time with her boyfriend. That was their whole, that was Mm -hmm. like the whole thing it rested on for motive. And and just just the motive does not hold up, I don't think. Yeah, and I, I feel like there's probably not, I don't know, I don't really think that she purposely planned it. I I lean more towards there was some type of accident. I don't really know if I think it's the pool. I think it was like she gave her something so she would go to sleep and she could go out or she would take a nap or whatever it is, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's also reasons to think maybe it's yeah. not that. There's so much. It, it, yeah, we're not even there yet. There's so much. It's crazy. But the prosecution states the defense's story that Kaylee drowned and George encouraged Casey to cover up the accident made no sense. The defense counters with four hours of arguments insisting there was no proof of how Kaylee died. 
challenging the prosecutor's most important evidence as fantasy and emphasizing the reasonable doubt that Casey killed Kaylee. It again insists that after the child drowned, Casey panicked and George Anthony made the death look like a murder and that he was the one who put the body in the nearby woods. Mm-hmm. So that's th- those are the two arguments at the end of the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, but before it's all over, prosecutors Jeff Ashton and Linda Burdick present a rebuttal to the defense closing, telling jurors their forensic evidence had proved their case while the defense made claims they did not prove. The case then goes to the jury and Judge uh, Perry Jr. issues final instructions. And after about 10 hours of deliberation, yeah. it's crazy. They only deliberated for yeah. 10 hours. Which seems like a lot, but is not. It's is not, not like, for this long no, of a case. Like, no, no. They were expecting them to be gone for a couple days. I think so. we could sit here for 10 hours and deliberate yeah, I was this case. Say, like, seriously. And we don't so even, we haven't even seen all the evidence and, mm-hmm. and we're in the courtroom and saw all the things like, for, yeah, that long. it's just crazy. But I, but I think it makes sense when you hear the verdict cause it's just insane. So on July 5th, um, after that long deliberation, Casey Anthony is acquitted of all felony charges. Mm-hmm. And the only charges she got were four misdemeanor charges for giving false information to a law enforcement officer. And that was just absolutely shocking to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, r- really, I, God, I remember this moment so well, like so clear. I was sitting in my parents' bed watching it on their little TV. And I was so mad. I just remember like Googling it over. You were working at Best Buy. Oh yeah. I and I was. kept calling you and you couldn't answer. And I was like freaking out. And I was like Googling on my phone, just like, is this possible? Like, is there anything they can do? Like, are they going to do another trial? Like, no, this is it. She's done. She's off. People were so pissed off. Like, I couldn't even believe it when they and I was all excited for the trial to remember being like, oh, yeah, they're going to like read the verdict. The verdict came back so soon. I was like so pumped. And then when they read it, I just was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Like. I, I don't think in my head I really even thought it was possible she was going to get off. But now I that I know did. this I don't much, think anybody thought she would be acquitted of yeah. all felony charges. Yeah, that was just insane. She Even manslaughter, dude. Mm-hmm. She had first degree murder, aggravated manslaughter, mm-hmm. aggravated child abuse. But a huge thing here is that they put her up for the death penalty. And so the jury's thinking like, do we have enough to a woman's for life sure is on the say? Line. Yeah. yeah. And if they didn't do that, I think they would have been able to convict her, I think. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know, know, though. I, I think it was also the defense just did a stellar job at yeah. poking holes in the prosecution and, and just mm-hmm. being able to rebut every single thing they brought to the table. And then obviously the closing arguments like you can go watch it on YouTube like Jose Baez is so convincing and he just like completely like he does an excellent job at at really laying it out to the jury mm-hmm. about what had happened and explaining all of the questions that I think the jury had about how did she die? Where did she die? And by who, you know, by yeah. whom? So, and the, the prosecution really didn't have, didn't no. really have anything to back up their, their Mm-mm. claims of Mm-mm. Casey Anthony suffocating her child. Yep. So yeah, it's really crazy to me. So she's acquitted of all those charges, all those felony charges and the judge sentenced her to one year in County jail and a thousand dollar fine for each of the four misdemeanor counts mm-hmm. which is crazy and she'd already been in jail so yeah she she i think got 10 days after this she had 10 more days to serve and then she was set free yeah it's crazy so she was released on july 17th 
her verdict was, yeah, 10 days. You're right. July 7th. Yep. It was 10 days. 10 days for this. Insane. And then she got to walk. She only had $537 in cash. Yep. So obviously the the world just goes crazy. I mean, this was oh my God. so wild. People, people were, so, were so pissed. People were hysterically crying outside in. of the, the office. Like people couldn't even talk. The office, the court. People were so fucking pissed. Oh, I, yeah. I remember my grandma was so mad. Like we talked on the phone and she was just so mad. Like how could this have even happened? I don't think anyone was ready for that. It was just no. insanity. And, and the amount of people that... So the jurors, they kept their names uh, secret for like mm-hmm. a few months after to see if it would blow over and stuff. But the once, even after the jurors' names were released, they got yeah. death threats. Like, oh yeah, multiple death threats and mm-hmm. letters and emails. People and were just, so like, mad so at pissed. Them. Like, like, how, how could, could you, you let that? this yeah. happen? Mm-hmm. Like, no justice was served at all. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that think that this is one of the best examples of our our legal system and how it's supposed to work, and that this is an example of a trial that goes right. Like this is literally how it's supposed to happen. There isn't enough evidence. And that's why it's great to live in America is you need more evidence before you just get convicted of murder. Mm -hmm. I've heard so many people talk about this outcome in a positive way. It's really interesting. And then, so can we finally go over this whole George theory now? Yeah. If you want to jump to that. Let's talk about this. So this is like, I, I have forever just thought, she drugged her, but we went through this like Reddit thing the, the other night and someone had put together the entire timeline of the day that it all happened. And when you look at the actual times and how, and the calls that were made and just like yeah. what was happening that yeah. day, which let's go through that. Okay. Yeah. Um, You start to kind of question like what, maybe this isn't how it actually happened because I mean, one of the biggest things for me is it ha it seems to have happened during the day mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. by this timeline. So why would she be drugging her during the day unless she was trying to make her nap? But that seems a little extreme to like drug your kid for a nap. Yeah. Not that you should ever drug your kid, but like why? Yeah. And if she was home already, just hanging out. Yeah. She was just hanging it out. Seems like she was just home. So yeah. Okay. So let me go through this timeline real quick. And it's based upon phone calls that were made from the Anthony residents, from Casey, from internet uh, activity that they found. And we were able to actually piece together what kind of how, how the day went down on June 16th, 2008. So at 7 a.m., Cindy Anthony left for work. At 7.45 a.m., a call is made from the Anthony family home to Casey's cell phone. Presumably, this call was made by Casey in an attempt to find her cell phone, which she was pinging from the home. At 7.52 a.m., activity from Casey Anthony's password-protected account on MySpace and research for shot girls' costumes for Tony Lazaro's nightclub events is found. At 7.56 a.m., an AIM account was used to chat on the computer, uh, which was just assorted normal searches, calls, texts, and AIMs uh, were just done throughout the morning and early afternoon. Um, Nothing in there worth noting. At 1.44 p.m., Casey calls friend Amy, and then they get off the phone at 2.21 p.m. Uh, and finish talking. And then at 2.30 p.m., George Anthony testified that he left the home at this time to go to work at 2.30. And then at 2.51 p.m., a Google search is made for the term, quote-unquote, foolproof suffocation, misspelling the last word as suffocation. So it's uh, F-O, it's F-I. Mm. And then the user clicks on a suicide-themed website, which this is a huge uh, 
thing for this theory here. And then there's more activity on MySpace at 2.52 p.m. And then at 2.52 p.m., Casey answers a phone call from Jesse Grund. He describes his conversation as abnormal, where Casey stated to him that her parents were divorcing and she had to find a new place to live. And then at 3.04 p.m., Casey disconnected the phone call from Jesse Grund to take an incoming call from George Anthony. And according to the defense, the 26 uh, second call from her father took place as soon as he got to work to tell her, quote unquote, I took care of everything, telling her he deposed or disposed of the body and warning her not to tell her mother about the child's death. So this is what the defense had claimed mm-hmm. had happened. And then this is where like things there is are, not a recording of yeah, the calls, which yeah. Josh is trying to yeah. say. There's no proof. And then um, this is when all the calls start going out. So at 3.34 p.m., Casey made a phone call to her boyfriend, Tony Lazaro. At 4.10 p.m., Casey called Cindy's work. And then at 4.11, Casey's cell phone pings indicate she left around this time for Tony Lazaro's apartment. And then literally one, two calls go out at 4.11 to Cindy's cell. And then two more go out at 4.13 to Cindy's cell and then she calls Cindy's work and then she calls uh, her boyfriend again Tony Lazaro then her ex-boyfriend and then calls Cindy's uh, cell again and then one last time at 630 um, she tries to call her cell and then tries to call Cindy at home so clearly trying to get a hold of her mother in, mm-hmm. in a seemingly frantic yeah urgent you yeah. know way because you only call your mom over, over and over and yeah. over and over again if something is up and something's big is happening, you know, like something mm-hmm. alarming. And then at 7.54 p.m., uh, Casey and Lazaro are seen entering and walking around casually at a blockbuster video store. Kaylee is not with them. And that's all the records that we have as to um, what was going on during that day. And at an unknown time in the evening, Cindy arrives home to an empty house either this day or the next, and she found the side gate to the backyard open and the pool ladder still on the above-ground pool. This was of particular concern because the family routinely removed the ladder after swimming mm-hmm. in order to prevent Kaylee from climbing in and drowning. Mm-hmm. So how does this theory of Kaylee accidentally drowning actually work? Because, um, I don't know, this this one is, is interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I never even considered it i never really a lot of people just discounted the defense and were just like they don't even have a clue when in reality they probably knew exactly what happened and this could even be what really happened what really happened and nobody ever gave that a chance it seems like they immediately went for you know the jugular and just want to like say this was a homicide you know i know it definitely is adding a lot of doubt to my mind for sure hearing this so here's the theory for kaylee accidentally drowning So here's a version of events that may have happened. Casey woke up and settled in for a lazy day at home. Maybe her father was there with her, but we'll save the discussion for later. Either way, she spent the majority of the day playing on the computer and texting her friends while Kaylee played on her own. She probably checked on her sporadically, but I think Kaylee mostly just kind of, you know, puttered around the house, just doing her own thing. I mean, she was like three, so, you know, she could definitely do that. Mm-hmm. And at 1.44 p.m., Casey gets a phone call from her friend Amy and neglected to check on uh, Kaylee for the duration of that 40-minute call, which seems like a very plausible thing that mm-hmm. Casey would have done. Just like get on the phone with her friend yeah. and like, oh, she's fine yeah. or whatever. And then, yeah, time goes by quick. And at some point in that 40 minutes, Kaylee opened the back door and saw the pool ladder on the pool and she climbed in and drowned. 
And then at 2.21 p.m., Casey hung up with Amy and went to check on Kaylee, but she couldn't find her, which leads to a massive search of the house during which she left the side gate open, um, Mm -hmm. which was another thing that Cindy had found and was upset about, Mm -hmm. eventually locating Kaylee in the pool. And during the next half an hour, a panicked Casey and or possibly George disposed of the remains because according to this timeline, George hadn't left for work yet. Right. So George would have been there Mm -hmm. At the point in time in which Casey found Kaylee in the pool. Mm -hmm. And then at this point, uh, it's 2.51 p.m., George leaves presumably with Kaylee's body. And Casey's freaking out. Casey's just having a complete meltdown. meltdown, And she's contemplating suicide and does the search for the foolproof suffocation. Interesting. But she snapped out of it by a call from her ex, who was like her fiance, so a really close individual, Jesse. Uh, who she tells she has to find a new place to live. And then at 3.04, she gets a phone call from her father, one of the only two calls between them that month. The defense claims George told her, quote-unquote, he took care of it during that call, but George's memories of that call have never been publicly released. During the next hour, she paces and cries and tries to figure out what to do before breaking down and frantically calling Cindy, who doesn't answer for help. She doesn't know what else to do, so she goes to Tony's apartment and pretends the whole thing never happened. So, I mean, this theory definitely has quite a bit to it. I mean, this honestly makes somewhat of sense. Like, when you look at all the timeline for it, because why would she be trying to drug her in the middle of the day? Yeah. If that's what happened. Or trying to commit a murder real quick. Like, Well, that- yeah, that was a, what the thing that a lot of people brought up, is that if this was, in fact, premeditated murder as the prosecution put forward... Why would she have done it this way? Why would, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to commit a murder, like, why would you go hide the body, like, right. really close to the house in an obvious place? And, you know, why would you use duct tape? You know, like, why would you be doing Google searches about suffocation and stuff? Like, it's pretty straightforward how you suffocate somebody. Why would you be searching for that? So this theory makes a lot of sense that something accidental happened with mm-hmm. Kaylee, an accidental death, whether, whether... Kaylee did give her some sort of like Xanax or something mm-hmm. to keep her calmed out. And she like overdosed on that, which I think is kind of unlikely. I think because it's possible, of the especially timing. because, she, uh, because. <laughs> she, right. <laughs> she calls, calls the nanny yeah. Zanny the nanny. Right. That is weird. So clearly there's Xanax involved somewhere. I mean, could be, could be. So it is, it, it is possible, mm-hmm. but you know, to pull off a murder at that time of day and do it in the way that they did. And then, you know, would George have really covered up when been willing to cover up a murder as opposed to an accidental death? Like you got to think about the severity of those. Like if, if a child, you know, is murdered Mm -hmm. a grandfather, especially one that clearly like loved his granddaughter, why the hell would he cover up a murder like that? It's so hard for me to believe that he really, I mean, Maybe he seems so genuine, but his daughter is such a good liar. Maybe she got it from him. It's really that's, hard that's to say. Is, Cause like you listen to clips of him and he says that he thinks that Casey drugged her. Yeah. It's interesting. Casey to this day has like no relationship with her dad, but she still talks to her mom. Her mom and dad are still together. George and Cindy are still together, but they have different ideas. Yeah, of what It's happened. really weird that, that they're able to, coexist with it's very strange such different thinking about him yeah because yeah he thinks that she drugged her and she should and, be behind bars yeah. you know and his it was really interesting what he said and it really did make sense like part of me really does believe him i really have to say 
Um, he was saying in the in the documentary we watched, there's a newer documentary. You can see it on like Hulu. I don't mm-hmm. know what who made it, but it's pretty new. Um, and they did updated interviews in it. And he was saying that, um, you know, he would, every, when he was around her, he would notice that she would have these like dark circles under her eyes. And that's like really abnormal for a little three-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes he was like, she was this really healthy kid overall. But then sometimes she would sleep for like 12, yeah, 14 12, 13 hours. hours or, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I just thought that was so weird. And so he always thought that maybe she was drugging her. Meanwhile, Cindy thinks that she'd drown in the pool and the whole. Well, here's the thing is. What, how does I, Cindy even yeah. think that ended? She thinks her husband was involved. I mean, what? Yeah, no, I know. Well, I don't think she believes any of that at all. She's in such she denial clearly, about she's all in of it. She was yeah. like, basically her latest interview, she was like, um, God, I asked God to punish Casey how he sees fit. And I, t- I trust him to do that. And because he let her off, I think that's what God God wants. She so must be innocent, right? She must be innocent, right? Yeah. Well, if you think about this just from a like rational standpoint, um, the idea that she accidentally drowned is is I think harder to believe than the Xanax thing, especially when you know all the other yeah. things. Because mm-hmm. you know why. If she indeed, if a child indeed goes, it, it happens a lot, like mm-hmm. in Florida and stuff, where children oh, yeah. fall into pools and they My drown. My sister almost drowned. Yeah. She legit almost did this guy, had to Which, jump into his clothes and save her. If that is indeed how Kaylee died, then parents are innocent. Mm-hmm. They're innocent. And if that was the case from the very beginning, why did they not take that route? Why would Casey well, implicate herself? Yeah. And why would she go? Would it like, be worth it? That, well, the theory is basically that. George didn't want to get in trouble that Cindy would bitch him out about the ladder and stuff and probably would really bitch him out, probably divorce his ass if she found out that he left the ladder yeah, up and they and Kaylee died on their watch. Could be. That's well, that's what yeah, they're presenting. Sure. Do I yeah, think yeah. that's enough yeah, yeah. to like no. actually go and bury your grandchild? Why would you I, carry the I feel the like remain? fear of your wife is a little No. I don't know. And then yeah, so it's it's kind of hard for, for me to believe at the end of the day, plus like Another thing I wanted to point out is the jail interview, the call with Casey and just George. They're talking. Why would they be talking like that? If meanwhile, they both know and they both buried her body. Can we pull that up one more time? Actually, I wanted to revisit that one more time, because if you notice, they're just it's very interesting to look at their body language when they're talking and stuff, because if these two both were in on this murder, that is very strange way for them to communicate. I mean, he's trying to be comforting to her. Um, the beginning of the jail footage, it's like the, just the beginning of it where they're, it's only George, uh, Cindy's not in it yet. <coughs> yeah. Cause I don't know though. Cause, Cause I mean, at the end of the day, I think the, the theory of, so she gave Kaylee some sort of sedative and because she did that on a regular yeah. basis. And I think George probably knew that the fact that he, kind of came to that conclusion yeah. fairly quickly. He may have, he may have known. already kind of s- either known yeah. or suspected that she was doing something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has law enforcement background, dude. He like the yeah. fact that he has that too is a whole nother element right. to it. Cause he knows, he definitely knows, he knows things. certain things and okay, here's the footage. Any stuff you want to talk to me about anything. It's just nice hearing everything that's going on. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say except I miss you guys. And I love you, and I just, 
I know. I know you do. I love you too. I love I, I love you more than anything. Person. I know, Dad. I want to see that little girl. I want I want to hear Kaylee laugh. I want to be with my baby. You know, that's That's my focus. Her birthday's in just a few days. Yeah, it is. Just a few days away. And remember, we wanted to have that little one just like taking her to a park or something and just, you know, just be the immediate family. But now we want to have this great big one. So, yeah, it's just I feel like that's such strange way to talk to each other. If meanwhile, you both help dispose of a little girl's body. It's just super, super weird. George's behavior doesn't align with that. I feel like there'd be more evidence if George really was involved. Um I don't find him to be so heartless that he could just throw, like bury his granddaughter like yeah, that. Yeah. I think there was probably some major fighting going on at the house that day. Um, and maybe that's why George had called her and that's why she was calling her mom over and over. Like dad kicked me out. Maybe he was kicking her out that day. I mean, there's so many other things. Yes. That timeline does add up when you put all the little like extra details yeah. that aren't actually confirmed details. All we really do have is the phone records. We have like the shell. We don't know what actually was going on. So you can fill in a lot of different things mm-hmm. for those. Yeah, phone there's calls still a lot of time unaccounted happened. for too. Like right. who knows what was going on? Or... Right. But do I think it's enough to to cast reasonable doubt? I think so. Like I see where these these jury members were coming from, and they interviewed one of them in this most recent documentary, and he was like, "We had so much; they could not tell us one way that she was like they could not give a paint a picture of how she died. Yeah, and how it would have happened and. You know, they could not do that. They didn't explain it well enough to them. They didn't explain how she would have had any involvement. Like they didn't present a good enough even idea. You no, know, obviously you can't. The dots. Exactly. Yeah. And they could, there was so much missing. Too many holes. That was the thing. There's too, many, too holes many and too much circumstantial evidence. Yeah. It was too many things had to go like perfectly. Yeah. Right. In a sense to make mm-hmm. sense of that theory that mm-hmm. they brought forward. And yeah. The fact that the, I mean, that if they, and the fact that they went with the duct tape thing, I think was a big, you know, it, I think they should have went with the whole like theory that George put forward after it. Like, why didn't they go with the, the Zanny theory? You know, the fact mm-hmm. that, why didn't they go I with know. that? For, I think like, they fucked up. They shouldn't have gone for the death penalty. They went thing. just so hardcore with it, trying to get her on homicide and premeditated murder. I think it backfired on them. And in reality, if they had gone with a lesser sentence and, said that this was more of a you know it was not necessarily premeditated but she get you know she often gave her sedatives and there's a chance that she you know it happens mm-hmm. like you can die from getting too much of a oh, you know definitely. especially as a kid type of sedative pill or something and they freaked out and you know she decided that the best thing to do in order to save her own ass was to get rid of the body and hope mm-hmm. that People just thought she went missing. Somebody mm-hmm. kidnapped her. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a pretty desperate plan, I think, yeah. to be a premeditated yeah, murder. Yeah, it doesn't I feel just, premeditated to me either. I don't know. There's so many angles you can go with this, and there's so there many are. different And then there's, and, I mean, there's a whole nother, I just remembered, there's a whole nother bit that we sh- we really should talk about, but I think we don't, we're kind of out of time here, but just Jose Bias, like it turns oh, out that. Oh yeah, fuck, we need to say, talk yeah, about that Yeah, we really need to talk about that. Um, yeah, before we wrap things up. Yeah. This was also this just, is interesting. Just like what the guy had to say, the dude who worked with them. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. Um, 
so Dominic Casey, the private investigator that the defense hired. So with, at the end of the trial, Casey Anthony got sued. The state, the Equisearch all wanted yep. money for the right. time that had been spent and wasted on on this in a sense. Mm-hmm. She had multiple lawsuits. She had one with Zenaida. She ended up having to file for bankruptcy because she was so fucked. She had $800,000 in debt yeah. in legal fees. So yeah, in 2013, she filed for bankruptcy and... um. Then Dominic Casey, who was the investigator uh, who worked on Casey's trial, um, essentially came out with kind of this tell all um, situation where he said that um, he remembers coming into Jose Bias's law office uh, unexpectedly. And he said he saw a naked Casey running out of the lawyer's private office. Yep. And he said that. That night, I told her that she cannot allow him to continue engaging in this behavior. Casey told me she had to do what Jose said because he had no money for her defense. Yeah. He straight up claims that she would like, he would do something for her and in exchange for like three blowjobs. Yeah. And Jose is is denied all these claims. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was published in his tell all book. Apparently. So he, he kind of had these shocking claims. Um, and then he had also said, um, that Jose had told me that Casey had murdered Kaylee and dumped the body somewhere and he needed all the help he could get to find the body before anyone else did. Dominic claimed. So he's claiming that it was murder too, coming straight from bias. So if this is, has any truth to it, then maybe it was murder. I mean, that's the thing is it could always go back. Maybe it was that bad to where she just snapped or something and she murdered her child which is crazy yeah she could have clicked the foolproof suffocation message yeah (laughs) sorry just because she went to like a a page that was about suicide doesn't mean that she wasn't still getting the information from a suicide page like you can still like you know learn stuff from there yeah yeah if you were going to do it to someone else exactly doesn't prove that she was no no it's just a theory again it's just a theory on reddit you know the the central hub for theories you know is armchair detectives but yeah i mean there's so many ways you could go with this and i mean casey today is she did an interview in like 2017 and they asked her straight up like what do you think happened and she just says i don't know i don't yeah. know how she died i don't know what happened yeah. basically just doesn't say shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she gets mad if they even bring it up too it's like no one else is here to talk to you about anything else dude yeah yeah and she's just been living in like solitude because, mm-hmm. of course, she had death threats and everything else. She had she's to go into tried hiding. tried to make books, but no one wants to publish her book. Try to be like open her own photography business. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, she's. Oh, my God. Yeah. Take your maternity pictures with Casey <laughs> yeah. Anthony. Fuck, man. So, yeah, she's been in hiding. And actually, she went to work for one of the investigators on her trial. Actually, she like lives with him and like yeah. works for him. It's like this kind of weird thing because mm-hmm. she has no money. I mean, she's bankrupt. She has she can't get a job. everyone hates everybody hates her she can't really go into public so she is uh yeah she's just kept keeping a low profile and she was only seen recently at a anti-trump rally there was a picture of her taken at an anti-trump rally. anti-trump rally yep interesting but otherwise she's been in uh seclusion and that people pretty much leave her alone now no one really bothers her anymore so yeah i mean that's that's this whole massive case and hate to say in a nutshell but in a you know a very large short version nutshell. yeah i mean you can go so deep with this i'll link all of the the stuff that we looked at on reddit and stuff so if you're interested in 
you know, looking at and analyzing every little tidbit of evidence to and considering all theories with everything, I'll put that uh, link that for you guys. But yeah, definitely let us know what you guys think. I mean, this is such a crazy, crazy case and the, the theories are just wild and you can go any which direction. I mean, I think mm-hmm. almost any of those couple theories are plausible. Yeah. You know? The yeah, drowning, what do you guys think happened tape, though? Or, like, I really want to know what you guys think because like an overdose or was it murder? Especially after listening, it, has your opinions on it changed at all after hearing some of the stuff that we found? And do you think George could be, you know, hiding things and and could he have been involved in disposing of the body? Could he know more than he's leading on? And maybe that's mm-hmm. partly why he was suicidal and stuff. Maybe he's carrying some really heavy things that he participated in or something. Um, Mm -hmm. with him every day and it's just like eating him alive i don't know i i I personally my personal opinion is i think that this was an accidental death something that went wrong and that even though it was accidental it was still going to look really bad on casey because it would come Mm -hmm. out she was giving her kid xanax or something like that yeah um and then they freaked out because that would she'd get in trouble for that oh for sure and so either with the help of her dad or maybe just purely on her own, she went and disposed of Kaylee in the woods uh, near their house. So, I mean, the only way we'll ever know is if she tells and she might one day, I mean, who knows? Maybe like a tell all book or something. Yeah. Maybe she will. I'm sure she will. Honestly, if she can find someone to publish it, but yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there today, guys. Um, hopefully you found this case interesting. We Hopefully certainly you did if did. you listened to this long of it. Imagine yeah. if you got to the end and you're like, wow, that was so boring. I hated every yeah. second of that. <laughs> no, there's no way. This is this one is so, just so crazy, so insane. But if you guys enjoyed the episode, please let us know in the comments. Uh, leave us a like, subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. And yeah, come and see us at RTX if you're going to be there. Oh, yeah. Should be a good time. And uh, we'll be back next week with a a really interesting episode that's kind of different than uh, what you're used to. So look forward to that. But yeah, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Oh, sorry. Stay woke. (laughs) See you guys.